Sierra Sub-Zero. Now, Plane Zero. Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, woman is always Sparker and Alex, and we watch Mortal Kombat, the new one. Hey, uh, so the three of us didn't grow up with Mortal Kombat games, so, uh, if you did, maybe don't listen to this one. Right. I, uh, I, I feel like there's very little overlap between our audience and people that collect Funko Pops, so I feel like they'll mostly be on our side, but, uh, that's who this was for, so, if you yeah. liked it, you might as well start your collection. I hear our good friend Parker's got a lot in stock at Target, so. This is yeah. the kind of movie that makes me go, did I like Deadpool? I feel like I like Deadpool, <laughs> but do I like Deadpool? Isn't it great that you just have to relive that six times a year now? It's that's the other genre of movie. Okay, it's either comic okay. book, post prestige horror, or hey, it's Deadpool. Okay, we'll that's get fun. into Free Guy later on though. But before no, that, we Parker, won't. Do, <laughs> Parker, do we have any news? Uh, well, my whole fucking universe just got shook because I got pinged in Discord moments before we started recording from someone there is a link to a tweet from one Kevin Smith Uh-oh. and it just says Jay, Jay and Silent Bob's crypto studio is now open <laughs> everything else I had written down is gone none of it matters I am looking at the words smoking token a blunt man and chronic comic cover the fifth, this new fucking stupid ass movie that he's selling as an NFT like I am <laughs> overwhelmed you like movies right you can w- bid on and win the platinum token to secure one of ten crypto cameos in the forthcoming clerks three that's a sentence I just said in front <laughs> of God and everyone okay my jerk of the week is whichever one of you makes me watch clerks three it's me have we not done that already? There is no Clerks 3, so... Yeah, There's not? Not yet, not yet. Oh, there was another Jay and Silent Bob. Right? Uh, yeah, I gotta sign that movie. one. Like, who cares? <laughs> I gotta sign that one. I mean, in lighter news, it looks like the MonsterVerse is actually continuing, and Adam Wingard might be coming back, so... Oh, that's good. Oh, we, hell yeah. yeah. We found some good news, folks. A good thing happened. We yeah, it only took sure. until... April 28th. Alright, good work. Who go. in the First pool? good news of the year. Starting out strong. Do you guys have any jerks of the week? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I mean, always. Absolutely. My jerk of the week is everybody that's been alive for the last 2,500 to 2,600 years for not realizing the Etruscan boar vessel was a forgery. <laughs> yeah. Did that's I what I was going to say. Yeah. Damn, you took my jerk of the week. Look, I've had a very difficult week. I must have missed something. <laughs> Look, 
I, I don't know if the tweet saying that the Etruscan boar vessel is fake is a real tweet or not, but I don't care, because it was on the, the Blue Bird site, so now it's truth. Yeah, oh, well, that clears that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my trick of the week is the Noid for trying to steal my <laughs> fucking pizza again. <laughs> Little fucking rat-faced piece of shit has the nerve to come back after all these years. When we've been through so much to ruin my goddamn pizza, I'm not having it. One of my favorite things is, like, you introduce the Noid to someone who doesn't know who the Noid is, then they go into Wikipedia. Then they find out about Kenneth Lamar Noid. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> that guy owns a future oh. guest of the show. <laughs> oh, man. He... <laughs> uh, Why does the Noid have such a long Wikipedia? Oh, boy. Yeah. It should have been a voice. <laughs> like, you hate to laugh at it because it's such a sad situation, but his last name was Noid. <laughs> You birth someone named Noid, you know how that ends. Yeah. It's, I'm sorry. It's only one outcome. Yeah, there's bacon he commercials gonna, about he me. Ain't gonna <laughs> secure any fucking diseases, that's for sure. Oh, man. Alright, let's talk about what we watched recently. I went to go to the movie theater. Oh. I went to the Alamo Draft House, and I got a baked pretzel. And while eating the baked pretzel, they put on a movie, which I thought was a nice convenience. I watched the 1935 original Bride of Frankenstein. So that's the third oldest movie I've seen on the big screen. And it's still good. I still like it. It's still very easily the best of the Universal Monster movies. But re-watching it, I kind of start to realize how cheesy it is at some parts. Uh, Parker, I liked your letterboxed review that audiences in 1935 during the miniature scene were running around the theater like Shaq. <laughs> I mean, I would have lost my fucking mind, dude. Are you joking me? Yeah. How do they fit that thing in a bottle? Yeah. Witchcraft. See, that's one of the wildest things about that whole movie is they're like, oh, we can create a, a man. We can we can create a mate for this man that you've already created. I'm like, wait, you already you're created like little people. You have Lilliputians, right? Here. Sell these things. <laughs> you've got a business opportunity. What are you doing? So... Uh, that was kind of weird. And also, I don't remember what her name was. I think her name was Una O'Connor or something like that. She played Minnie, like, I guess, like, the housekeeper for uh, Frankenstein. And she, whatever she is doing on the screen, I I cannot imagine. She was just like, oh, well, there's no audience, so I can just act as goofy as I want. Yeah, but we're recording it. We'll show it to audiences later. They'll know what you're doing. Oh, I don't care. And you get that performance. Uh so it's weird because there's a sort of lack of tonal consistency. Their parts are like really dark and, and even philosophical about the idea of what if Frankenstein lived and, and was real versus these really cheesy, silly moments uh, that, that don't fit. And we'll get into tonal consistency with Mortal Kombat. Uh, one last thing I'd like to mention. Elsa Lanchester plays a dual role. She plays the bride with a stupid hairdo. And she also plays uh, Mary Shelley at the beginning of the movie. And her titties are popping. Holy shit. Bring me back to the 19th Good century. Good for her. Boys. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, actually, I didn't watch a lot this week. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know why. Um, one thing that I did watch, because it was on the anime list, was the movie adaptation of... Fist of the North Star, which uh, oh, I have to admit that was a little bit longer than I was anticipating. It was like an hour fifty. I'm like, huh, I guess I have to make time for this sort of thing. The and, fucking nerve. Uh, this one 
you should block out some time for, okay? This one, this is the one you should definitely block out some time for. This is very easily the best anime movie that is on either one of those lists. Uh, I would argue that it's even better than Angel Cop, if you can believe that. Uh, there was a moment in that movie that was so funny. I this I guess it was a laugh that came out of my body, but I don't know. I think I barked like a coyote. It was so fucking funny. Uh, extremely gory. So uh, you thought the uh, the TV show was violent? This one's really violent. And it, you're like, oh, well, you know, Japan. Apparently it was too much even for Japanese audiences. Japanese audiences are like, hey, come on, tone it down a bit. Uh they did not tone yeah. it down. You should have led with that. You just yeah. really you <laughs> drawn me in, buddy. Dude, you <laughs> well, even should... Japan's like guys. Let's show some. <laughs> let's have some class about all this. Yeah, uh, there was no sexual assault at all. This gets like a zero point five on the Japanese sexual assault meter. How did they? How did they get to that runtime then? No wonder they were so upset. There is all, dude. It's fist of the North Star. There are a lot of heads exploding in this. Okay, you gotta be ready. <laughs> uh, it's. It's good. Also, I watched the dub. Thank goodness it actually had a dub. Some of these don't even have dubs, so I just skip them. Um, it's, oh, it is a very fun time. I'd recommend it, uh, especially because a lot of people, they don't want to watch the entire series run of Fist of the North Star, because that's like, I don't know, it's like a million episodes, and at some point, the episodes sort of start to repeat themselves, and you're like, okay, I get it. He punches a guy in the head, the head explodes. This recaps a bunch of storylines, and you tend to see where they're going with this. It's very stylized. It has some really silly moments in there, and uh, I don't know, I, I fully recommend it. I think it's really good. Uh, Parker, you mentioned that you watched uh, Wolf Work, Wad Walker, Work, Wolf, Wolf something, I don't know. Uh, yeah, whatever. And I was like, oh, I should watch something animated too. So I binged all of Primal. Now, speaking of things that are violent... <laughs> uh, not... I wouldn't compare the two, but yeah, I get it. I'm yeah, pr- Primal fucking rules. I, I marathoned the entire thing, didn't take a break for the entire uh, season. It's so well done. This is Primal is basically Jendi Tartakovsky looking at all of animation, looking at the Adventure Times and the Rick and Mortys and that god-awful Steven Universe and being, no, 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 guys, you don't get it. This is what animation is all about. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, I have to interrupt you for a second. Oh, no. Tendi Tartakovsky. <laughs> <Continue>. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good. But uh, regrettably, I still have things to say ordinarily. Just be like, well, I'm not going to top that. Uh, Primal was so good. Uh, there, I almost feel like it belongs in like an American version of those anime lists because there's one episode in particular that is so incredibly violent that I'm like, whoa, I can't put that on television. So, uh, kids, I don't think you could watch this. Uh, save it for, I don't know, something else. Go watch Samurai Jack or something. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend Primal. Might even pick up the Blu-ray because it is that good. Uh, did I watch anything else? I didn't watch a lot. Well, Parker was a little bit late getting home. He had to run by T-Bizzle. So mm. I was like, tell you what, I'll put on one more anime. Now, before I say the name of it, I want to <laughs> describe this anime to you. Okay? Maybe you can see where I'm going with this. Okay. So in the distant future, Japan is a leading uh-huh. economy, and uh-huh. there's a giant earthquake. And the earthquake uh, really destroys Tokyo, and people stuck in inner Tokyo are, are stuck in this sunken city beneath the earth. 
there are these three zones, A zone, B zone, and C zone. We'll get to them later. Don't make an A Sean Robinson joke. And the A zone boys are, uh, they have a bunch of pickaxes and they're trying to dig their way out of this sunken city. Uh, kind of like, uh, in, what do they call it? In uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, in the interior world or whatever. Oh, we're hanging out in the Hollow Earth? That's yeah, Hollow Earth. Yeah, well, this is like a hollow city or something. So they have a bunch of pickaxes. They're trying to get out of there. And they come across a stone coffin. Inside the stone coffin is this gigantic yes. 12-foot man. And thus begins <laughs> Violence Jack, Evil Town. Fuck yeah, dude. Only go to Evil Town so fucking bad, dude. So remember I... when I said there was an earthquake and it destroyed most of Tokyo? They never explicitly say that that was the Hellquake. However, for you to say Hellquake the whole time. <laughs> however, however, they do refer to Tokyo interchangeably as Evil Town and Hell City. So, oh, yes. I'm connected universe here. Also, <laughs> Violence Jack is in it. Violence Jack at this point gives us a little bit of background on his name. They call him Violence Jack because he has a jack knife. Also, because of what he does to other people, because he's really violent, especially in this. Uh, <laughs> So let me describe the three zones. In A zone, those are like the businessmen. Now, you know these people are really fucked up because it's like this post-apocalyptic world and they're still wearing button-down shirts with ties. I, You gotta be fucking kidding me, man. Like, I'm just not gonna do that. Uh, they're trying to survive. They're more or less presented as the protagonists, uh, but not for long. Uh, then there's B-Zone. B-Zone is like the scuddy section of town. Those are the motorcycle gangs. There's this really, really huge guy named... Uh, Mad Saurus, and he's got <laughs> he's got a transsexual girlfriend, and then you're like, oh, you could just say girlfriend, you know, it's 2021, we could be progressive. This is an anime, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> imagine what they did with a transsexual girlfriend. Uh, her name is Blue. There are other uh, <laughs> there are other henchmen <laughs> whose names include Wasp and AIDS, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And they're evil. Uh, Madsaurus is about AIDS. like my go-to on vibes. <laughs> Madsaurus is evil. He's uh, he's this giant like nine-foot guy. They they label him as two hundred kilograms, which is like one, two, like I don't know, like five hundred pounds or something. And uh, he's going to be the main uh, villain that Violence Jack has to fight off against. And they terrorize the members of A Zone and C Zone. And let's talk about C Zone. C Zone is the fashion model district. Uh, that's where all the fashion models live in the post-apocalyptic world. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, you can only imagine where that's going. So they're able to survive a little bit easier than the other people because, as they explain, they're fashion models, so they're used to not eating very much. Uh, I see. Yeah, so it's a, it's a strategy. It's a really sick tech. And uh, anyway, they, they all meet up with each other, and A-Zone's like, hey, check it out, we got violence, Jack. We're in charge now. He's going to help us. Then Cezo is just like, hey, wait a minute. A-Zone guys, remember when you raped all of us? I'm like, uh-oh. And, uh... <laughs> I... Yeah. So this jumps very quickly... Forget? This jumps very quickly to the 9 out of 10 on the Japanese rape scale. Uh, oh, boy. That's not, I... a, that's not a good grade. That's a bad grade. So... <laughs> this is a Belichick's dog of uh, rape skills. So the, uh... <laughs> They describe all this, uh, the A-Zone drug that... I don't really need to give the details. And they're, So they're like, hey, Violence Jack, how about you help us out? Because we're not rapists. 
and like, the whole zone <laughs> and violence <laughs> and violence jack uh says actually you make a good point i'll help you guys out this led one <laughs> person on letterbox to say violence jack is presented as a feminist so <laughs> <laughs> It's this one of is my favorite male feminist looks like. Violence Jack is a feminist. Are words that will live in my head for a while. Um, he is. Pres- they say, "Oh, you can have any one of us that you want." Thankfully, they don't do that because uh, it has enough violence, sexual violence as it is. So uh, they have their pickaxes. They're trying to get through. Then B Zone attacks them and they kill most of A Zone. Then B Zone uh, ambushes the women and. Starts raping the shit out of him, and uh, it's yeah, it's, uh, justice is served. There's kind of a lot. There's kind of a lot here. So Mad Saurus uh, fights off against Violence Jack, and uh, Violence Jack uh, beats him up and knocks him out and beheads his transsexual girlfriend, which makes Mad Saurus really upset. So he uh, eats his severed head. And her severed head, uh-huh. and uh, then that turns <laughs> him into candy. right. <laughs> that turns Mad Saurus into like uh, a killer demon with long teeth and everything, and uh, he has to fight off against Violence Jack. And I think they kill each other. Anyway, Seizone is able to escape the horrors of the underground, and they see that Tokyo is completely destroyed, which makes them sad. But they're like, "Hey, well, you know, at least the sun's shining and uh, the grass is green, and we can hopefully rebuild this city on rock and roll." Credits roll. Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> I can't wait to hear what happens in the third episode. Hell's Wind. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, after this T-Bell, let me tell you. <laughs> Alright, let's see what we got here. Um, so Chris had me watch an anime movie called Millennium Actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is by the director of a movie that Chris assigned me before that I do not care for. But uh, uh which which fine. uh which movie was that? I forgot. That's the it's the perfect blue guy. Oh right. Um, so this is one of those movies that while watching it, like I can tell why people think it's good, but didn't do a whole lot for me. Mostly because like I don't really give a shit about the history of Japanese cinema. Like <laughs> it was it was a really cool premise, and uh, I'm glad this movie exists. But uh, I don't really have that much to say about it because. I'm probably going to forget I watched this in two weeks. Like, it that's, was good. The fair. animation was good. Um, uh, I, it, it did the thing that happens in a lot of these anime movies that pisses me off to no end, where, like, the movie's setting up to deliver you, like, the emotional gut punch that's going to make you cry while you're watching it, and then it just cuts away in the middle of, like, the sentence to show you a bunch of other things that happen in the movie. Like, hey, Hammer Home, like, hey, this is the thing you've been watching for the last hour and a half, but, like, I'm not a goldfish, so I already knew that. So, like, by the time you get back to the girl finishing her line about what love means, it's like, I don't care anymore. You just blew this. Like, you, you literally just, you were so close to sticking the landing and you just fell over. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this wasn't, this wasn't a mean assignment. Like, I see why people like this director whose name I wrote down and promptly lost. And I don't feel like looking for it again. Osu or something? I don't remember. Uh, close enough, sure, yeah. why not? Um... Yeah, if you like artsy anime and, like, the history of movies and shit, you'll love this. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. That's fair. <laughs> um, so, after... 
I watched that right before I watched Mortal Kombat on release day, like right after it dropped at <laughs> yes. three in the morning, because uh, because you know insomnia does these things to you, and yeah. uh, not to uh, not to step on my own takes here, but I was very dissatisfied after watching Mortal Kombat. But thankfully, HBO Max came through because it said at the bottom of my screen, "People who watched this also enjoyed Geostorm." So I just <laughs> play again. <laughs> So you guys, like, I wasn't on the Geostorm episode. I think it's on some stuff or something. No, no, no. It's it's my own damn fault. Oh. So I've never like really given my Geostorm takes on this podcast. Let's hear them. I think Geostorm's kind of good, like actually good, <laughs> because like the the fatal flaw of like all of these disaster movies is they get bogged down in erroneous details you don't care about because the movie is ostensibly about the disaster. Whereas this movie is just on the gas the entire time. You do not get a second to fucking breathe or think about anything. This is just an entire season of 24 in two hours. Like, You know, I was going to disagree with you. I was going to say, oh, come on, that was so silly, it was so schlocky. That's actually a pretty good defense of it. It's, It's incredibly schlocky, but like you don't have any time to think about how stupid it is because you don't get the scene like you would in something like Volcano where Tommy Lee Jones is just driving around with his daughter and you're like, huh, oh, yeah, this is kind of stupid. Yeah. Like, like, there's literally no opportunity for you to be like, well, this fucking sucks. And then the credits roll and you're like, oh shit, that was two hours and I feel like eight hours worth of things happened. Like, I So, uh, I mean, Skip, you know how I feel about Gerard Butler and some of the the uh, the special effects in this movie are of course indefensibly bad, but also I don't care. Like I, I every time I watch Geostorm, I have a fucking blast because like it works on two levels. Because like if you're invested, if you're paying attention, you've always got something to to be doing. There's always something going on. But also if you're like checked out watching this with like other people, you can just hop back in whenever, and it's an action part. Yeah. So I think like grading on a curve of you know these like blockbustery disaster movies obviously comes into play here i'm not saying this is citizen kane but like as far as that genre goes i think it's really good it's a good point i can't i can't believe i'm saying that i can't i I can't believe i'm like yeah geostorm kind of fucks but like if you ask me if i'd rather watch this or 2012 like i'd watch this 10 times before i put 2012 on i'd watch this like 10 times before i put on the day after tomorrow or anything like that like they're all the same fucking movie. This is just better at it. Yeah. No arguments here. Yeah. yeah. All right. What else we got here? So Chris assigned me a movie called The Outpost, which I, I had scrolled past several times on Netflix. I'm like, oh, sick. Thanks, man, for the gray and brown war movie with Scott Eastwood. Really appreciate it, buddy. Oh, wow. And Orlando Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing about The Outpost. The Outpost is one of the three or four best war movies I've ever seen. There is nothing schlocky about this. This movie is fucking fantastic, and everyone should see it. Okay, caveat. If you give a single shit about what's happening in the world, you should see this movie. Because this is one of those movies that <laughs> Just you Just knocked watch. out our entire audience. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I was, I was like, ah, let me couch this. Yeah. Well, move from Q. <laughs> if, if you liked 1917, you will like this, is basically my takeaway. Yeah. Um, it's the kind of movie that it's impossible to watch and not just be mad the entire time 
Because, like, they, they set it up at the very beginning of the movie. They're like, alright, so they built this military base in the middle of this fucking valley, in the middle of the mountains. They're surrounded on three sides by mountains that are occupied by the Taliban. And they're just here because a general pointed to a map and said, build an outpost here. And th that could go one of two ways. It could either be, like, a lone survivor, like, fuck yeah, America, we gotta defeat all these guys things. Or, like, you can just watch a bunch of dudes at this base dealing with the hopelessness of the the knowledge that they're probably going to die for literally no reason. I'm pretty sure it's based on a true story. It is, yes. Yeah. It's based on one of the uh, one of the the bloodiest for Americans outcomes in the entirety of the war on the war in Afghanistan. And this movie does so much right. Obviously, I've never been in the army, so for me to call a uh, military movie realistic only goes so far. But the way that they set up the banter between, like, the, the people in this unit, like, the way that even the, even, like, the, the big climactic battle, which is the entire second half of the movie, um, it's got things that you wouldn't see in another war movie. Like, the guy that's, the guy that's running the camp at the time is, like, he's, like, the temporary commander while they wait for their new captain to show up. And so he's, like, trying to run, like, like give everybody orders and make sure everybody's taken care of without really having knowledge of what's going on. And we see, like, one of the... I'm gonna not spoil too much, because, like, this movie is really, 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 really worth watching. Like, like one of the one of the two, like, armored vehicles gets its gun knocked out, and they're trying to radio and say, like, hey, stop sending us stuff. Like, like our gun doesn't work. And then, like, they're, they're like, isolated at the front line. Like, they're kind of trapped in this truck. And then a guy shows up with ammo. And then 30 seconds later, you see another guy running towards him with ammo. It's like, no, 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 turn around, man. They don't need ammo. But it, it, like, really encapsulates, like, the chaos of a battle where, like, everyone's trying to do what's best for everybody else. And a lot of shit gets fucked up. Um, this movie handled so many things really well. Like, there, I'll just, the, the flaw of this movie right now is, like, it's really low budget. Um, it doesn't show in, like, the on-the-ground action scenes, but, like, there's some shitty CGI helicopters. There's, like, some shitty CGI text that appears on stuff. Like, you'll watch the movie, and, like, the very first scene, it's, like, introducing all the guys at the camp by putting, like, their name, like, underneath, like, their picture in, like, a still frame as they're walking around. Mm -hmm. And it looks like the, this shit is a rap fire everyone font. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> you, see, you see that, and it's like, oh, this is gonna be schlocky. But it's not. This movie... I think this movie is incredibly important. Like, I it it really hurts my feelings that nobody saw this. Like, this this absolutely should have had the cultural impact that something like 1917 did. And it's it's delicate with all of the issues that like it's it's handling. It's extremely subtle. Like I said, like every 15 minutes you'll be sitting there and something else will be happening, and you'll just be like in the back of your mind, like, God damn it, why are they here? Like this all could have been avoided. Well, Parker, all Parker said pointless. something earlier. He said it off mic that I, I kind of agreed with. It's that they hate our freedoms, and that's why we're there. Oh, of course. Oh, I said that on mic, and I stand <laughs> on record. <laughs> but, like, even just the little things in this movie before the battle starts, like, there's, there's a scene pretty early on in the movie where one of the soldiers gets killed, and, like, the soldier behind him when, like, the bomb goes off that kills him has, like, a PTSD thing. And they're back at the base a little bit after, and the guy's, like, sitting in the back room, like, shaking with his rifle in his hands. Like, you're worried that he's a danger to himself. And the guy trying to talk him down, you know, in most movies, the guy trying to talk him down is like, hey, come on, man, it's okay, let's get you out of here. But in this, like, they, they, 
it's 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 flipped. The guy's like, "Hey, man, you gotta calm down, or they're gonna send you home." Like, I I know you you don't want to leave. I know you want to be here with us and everything that we've tried to build here. Like, it's more humanizing of the soldiers in a lot of ways, in like really really important ways. I think there's there's an entire subplot where one of the captains they get like the guys in the unit think he's a coward, and then like you get the like, like you start to find out more about him. It's like oh, no, no, this guy's just seen a lot of shit and is very cautious because of it. And the second you get the, oh, okay, this guy's not so bad, they're going to be okay, he gets transferred out and they get somebody else. Like, all of the little military bureaucracy things, all of the little, like, dealing with the locals things, like, it hits everything in exactly the way that it should. Like, you can't, I've said this a couple times, but you can't watch this movie and not be mad, assuming that you give a single shit about what's happening in the world. Which... I'm not gonna knock people if they don't like life sucks. I can't ima- I can't like fault people for not, you know, being checked into all this stuff. But yeah. goddamn, what a powerful movie! Like I, I really, really, really appreciated this. I did not expect this movie to be anywhere near this good. It I'm, is fantastic. I'm happy you enjoyed it. It, it. This is like a Mount Rushmore war movie for me. Like I, I will absolutely do everything in my power to get other people to watch this. I think this is really important. Which is why uh, on the podcast where I just talk about Don the Dragon Wilson movies all the time, I just spent five minutes gushing about it. So <laughs> I'm sure that will fall on mostly deaf ears, but if one person watches this movie because of what I just said, then I'm happy. So, all right, what else we got here? Moving on. So uh, I did not know that there was a movie where Chris Hemsworth played a fucking Formula One driver in the 70s, directed by Ron Howard. Well, yeah, but that oh, shit you never saw Rush? Up. I did not see Rush. I did not know Rush existed. And so I saw I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to sleep now. Rush is pretty good. Like That's what I've it's heard. one of the It's one of the most dudes rockiest movies of all time. Like and justifiably this is going to get compared to Ford vs Ferrari a lot, which is I think a better movie but a less interesting story. So like if you're picking between one or the other, I guess I would probably lean that one first. They're both dad movies about cars. But, uh, yeah, Rush is one of those movies that's based on a true story. And as you're watching it, you're like, well, this is clearly fabricated. Like, this would never happen. And then you look it up, it's like, oh, no, this is extremely faithful. All of the insane shit that happened in this movie is actually real. I mean, I say insane shit. It's a movie about a fucking Formula One championship and, like, car accidents and stuff. But still... Uh, yeah, Chris Hemsworth playing, like, a fucking douchey Playboy British guy in the 70s. You don't get better casting than that. That sounds really up my alley. We have his rival, who is played by Daniel Brühl, and is basically our good friend Cam, but with cars. (laughs) I'm in. I'm I'm locked in. I could have got Gary Oldman to play him. (laughs) (laughs) You... You already know from what I've said over the past 90 seconds whether this movie is for you or not. And if this sounds even remotely interesting to you, you will enjoy it. If this sounds like it sucks to you, you're good. You don't need to watch it. <laughs> like, I, this, It's a solid recommend, though. It's not like... This movie's not reinventing the wheel. If you want to see a movie about like rivalry and dudes using like their, their, com- their competition to push each other and stuff like that, it's, it's real solid. Ah. Uh, all right, what else we got here? Oh, uh, I uh, somehow ended up watching Takers, which is a heist movie with Idris Elba and Paul Walker and 
a million other people. I've never, never heard, heard of it, but uh, yeah. I leaned it, forward as soon as you read those two names off. Yep. So this is like one of the most generic heist movies I've ever seen, but also it's a generic heist movie with people that you enjoy watching, so it's like a solid three stars. Like, I don't have much to say about this. If you like heist movies, it's fine. Watch all the actual good ones first, but when you run out, Takers is like... Takers isn't going to let you down. It's like an hour 45 or something, and uh, you're not going to be bored. But like, this, this isn't doing anything new, but... Sometimes movies don't need to do anything new. Just let the pretty people do quips and then shoot cops. Like, I'm fine with that. <sighs> what else we got here? Oh, I, I rewatched Unstoppable for the first time in a long time. Unstoppable, of oh, course, being the Denzel Washington, Chris Penn runaway train movie directed oh, by Tony Scott. I almost watched that this week. I, I don't know why, it. but I just, I felt a tremor. I was like, I should, I should fucking watch this. I wish I had. <laughs> So everything I said about Geostorm earlier, this is the opposite end of the disaster movie spectrum in that everything is small scale and the stakes of every little decision matter. And it is, like, the best version of that movie. Like, this this movie's what? Like, like a hair over 90 minutes, I think? Like, you don't waste any time. Uh, like, like within, within 10 minutes, the trains are on a collision course. You've got Denzel, the guy who's close to retirement, and Chris Penn, the guy who's, like, learning the ropes, and they're going back and forth about how to run the train. You got, like, the business people arguing with Rosario Dawson as she tries to stop the trains from crashing into each other. You got, like, all of the little beats work. Every performance is great. It doesn't overstay its welcome. The train runs over some shit, and it looks really cool. Like, turns out Tony Scott was pretty good at making movies. Who knew? I can't yeah. tell if he said Chris Penn instead of Chris Pine, but my mind went down a <laughs> fucking rabbit hole after way. Where's that movie? It'll be up to the edit to decide whether I heard it wrong or not, but uh, either way, the damage has been done. <laughs> Alright, well that's all the good movies I have to talk Man, about, I but I got that this week. I was staring yeah, right should. at it. You, you will enjoy the shit out of it. Yeah, like, I bet I, I will. I'm not sure you're going to have like a million things to say about it, but, like, if you just want to enjoy 90 minutes of your life, like, Unstoppable's I, I pretty think good. Tony Scott is the biggest example of, like, getting more into movies and seeing someone's filmography going, like, what the fuck? Where? Why are we talking about this? Guys, yeah. why did anyone yeah. tell me? How yeah. did no one tell me how good this cheese was? <laughs> I have two more uh, movies that I was thankfully assigned by my good friends to talk about. Oh, the first one of these, I guess, was technically assigned by myself, so... Uh, can't really blame you guys for making me watch The Fifth Estate, which is, of course, the Benedict Bumpernotes Julian Assange movie from, like, <laughs> 2013. Oh, First of all, over two hours. Go fuck yourself. Second of all, I don't know what I was expecting from this movie that, like, I knew existed but have basically heard nothing about, but I certainly wasn't expecting. Wow, Julian Assange, both sides, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this movie is such a fucking nothing-ass wet fart. Like, I, it's it's just boring. I don't care about any of like like <laughs> I put this on when like I was coming down from Notable and like I got like a solid twenty minutes of laughing at Benedict Bumpernutz's like Swedish accent, which is really funny. But uh other than that it just sucks. It's just it it <laughs> it looks like every like spy slash diplomacy slash take your pick movie that you can like pull a name out of a hat, you know, like Tinker Taylor Told Your Spy, stuff like that. Um, 
it has the same aesthetic as that, which is an aesthetic that nearly always works for me mm-hmm. and does nothing in this movie. Ooh. Like, it's just... Ugh, it's just boring. Like, Cumberbatch is a weird one, because, like, all memes aside, he's usually entertaining in things. Right. But it's like a 50-50 split of, like, oh, I bet he's good in this, and I would not watch this with a fucking gun to my head. Yep. It's, he's got a weird career. He was also in The Grinch, though, so... Oh, damn. Yeah, one of the good ones. A movie that I totally saw. Don't check. <laughs> Hang on a second now. Uh, I mean, field position is an important part of the game. Just to disparage a punter without even watching tape is ridiculous. So let's, let's fucking slower roll here, guys. Oh, funny. It says here that Walter Trapinski has called the Fifth Estate a Millen Kielbasa movie. So, uh... <laughs> So I watched one more movie this week. Parker, you can go fuck yourself for Zoolander 2. It is one of the most wretched things that has ever existed. I I don't think I've ever considered a movie so offensive to my sensibilities. Like, I feel like less of a human being for having watched this. It, like, brought out, like, every single, like, 16-year-old, like, mad at movies internet critic that was deep inside my soul, like hated the act of watching it thinking about it <laughs> hated movies in general for a while like it's so beyond wretched right, if it I just, can jump in it, here real quick I absolutely uh, hold your applause here I, I've never seen the original Zoolander what makes this one so bad okay so there's a couple things here first of all it has the, the modern remake of an older movie problem where oh, yeah. literally everything that's good about the old one is referenced in this to the point oh. that because it's not funny and bad, it makes me like the first one less. Like, oh. it just, it repeats the same jokes, but now they're not funny, which now retroactively makes the old jokes not funny, which sucks. Hey, you they guys fucking... liked when we had celebrity cameos, right? Oh my god, dude. <laughs> it is. I literally, I think I've buried on some old notes somewhere. I was keeping track of who it was. I just eventually gave up because it was just wearing me down so deeply. Like, who's I, your favorite? Don't say Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, we were getting there, buddy. Don't oh, you worry. Yeah, dude. Oh, Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson in an Elton John esque performance in which he oh. says the words, and I quote, "I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, bitch." It's... <sighs> Imagine the worst SNL parody of Zoolander fifteen years too late. Uh, I mean, all the SNL people are in it, so it's not much of a stretch. Hey, hey, the gang's all here. Fucking, it just... Like, they take even the scenes that are, like, unassailably fun from the first one, like the fucking gasoline fight set to Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, and they bring it back! Like, you don't... You can't do that bit a second time. I... Hey, Chris, you know how we've discussed before that there's literally nothing worse than an unfunny comedy because it just feels like an eternity? And there's also nothing you can say about it, typically. Yes. Correct. It's just... The act of watching it is pain. Hey, I I brought up Benedict Bumpernauts talking about The Fifth Estate. Good news, he's in this one, too. Oh, that sounds good. Chris, you want to guess who he plays in this? Uh, the President of the United States. He plays an agender model named Us, who speaks oh in the God, third person. Oh, oh that's oh, right. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, <laughs> I watched this once, like, close to probably like five years ago now, on 
things. You want to talk about just like being unable to fall asleep and just letting your hate carry you all the way through to sobriety the next morning. <laughs> it's, I went on a journey with this I, fucking movie. It's just like, I don't know why any of this exists. Like, it is... the first one fucking tanked. I mean, granted, it's because it came out like right at 9-11. So, yeah. uh, oopsies. But like, no one was clamoring like, hey, we should get them all back together. Let's see some more male model jokes. This... It's not even more male model jokes. It's the same male model jokes. <laughs> and this cost $60 million. <laughs> it's a fucking cover band of a movie you've already seen. I don't want to hear anybody complaining about NFTs when they're still spending $60 million on Zoolander 2. Like, do whatever you want with your money. Just don't make this. Holy fuck, and What's insane is, like, it's a takeoff of a cult classic that, like, most of our generation knows and can quote. It costs a shitload. It came out recently. Just I've never once seen it referenced in the wild. And you know what? Good job, everyone. I'm proud I, of you guys. I'm thankful that I saw it as an assignment for this stupid podcast. Because if I watched this on my own volition, I would be fucking embarrassed to be alive. Yeah, it is a real case of seeing it as believing it. Like it doesn't feel real at points. This you is have like an existential crisis of like. How the fuck does this movie exist? How did just, all of these steps, all of this money change hands, all of these cameos, like, so much time had to be put into fitting these people's schedules in to show up to say one shitty, unfunny thing. It's insane. So, I one just, of the ones that I've heard this someone compared to is Anchorman 2. Oh, I'm not tipping my hand on that one. No! So... <laughs> <laughs> So fuck! I forgot there was an Anchorman two. <laughs> I almost feel like I'd get more out of Anchorman two than this because I didn't like Anchorman one. I didn't like. But it also, either. like, you would almost have to. Yeah, this is just like I was expecting just an unfunny movie, and it's so much worse than that. Although, because you know we try to stay positive on this podcast, I will say the one silver lining of this movie being that Will Ferrell's evil plan was to make Derek Zoolander's kid fat by feeding him seven times a day. Did get a chuckle out of me. <laughs> I think I remember I specifically had like two actual for real laughs, but it's been so long I can't remember. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I just thought, remember we were having the conversation and we were talking about like the only reason to have a kid is to like to like be stupid around him. Now I'm thinking about <laughs> Willie and how he overfed his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine doing that with your kid. Fucking 600 pound kid is never going to college. Oh my god. I'm saving all this money. Joel is going to do that. Joel's going to do that with his kid. He's like, you think I'm fat? This kid's going on so many bachelor parties. (laughs) Oh, what's that, son? You're engaged? Oh, no, no, dad. No, dad. Hide the ring. Hide the ring. ring. (laughs) Sorry. Those loud Um, footsteps coming down the den. Is that everything I watched? I think that's everything I watched. So, uh, Parker, just so you know, Zoolander 2 is the last piece of media I consumed this week. And the draft is in two days, so, uh, tread lightly, buddy. Because I know who assigned me this fucking piece of garbage. I've literally never met another human being who even remembers that it exists, much less has seen it. And, uh, sometimes you just gotta share it with someone. And also, you'd probably done something horrible to me, but I'll be goddamned if I go back and listen. <laughs> like, I'm sure there was a context. I wouldn't just spring that on you. I'm not that much of a monster. Yeah, 
Yeah, who is a monster? That motherfucking Sasquatch. (laughs) (laughs) That documentary is so good, you guys. (laughs) Oh my god. I... The fact that he looks exactly like Evan Stone is so fucking distracting, dude. It took me until part two, I was like, I know this face. (laughs) And I paused it, and I did some Google, and I was like, yep, 100%. And she's watching it, and I'm like, hey, hey, look at this, pointing at my phone, and she just looks at me like, I fucking hate you, you ruined this whole thing for me. I'm really glad that I saw your review of this after I had watched it. I would have been so pissed otherwise. so distracting. (laughs) But that dude has lived... A life. Yes, he has. Evan Stone, or uh, I, the guy in the documentary, has lived a more charmed life than Evan Stone. Yeah, uh, but counterpoint, I've seen Evan Stone on Skinamax playing the drums with his dick. So, and also, this guy was never a pirate. That's a good point. Me. I mean, give him time. Like, it seems like uh, it's in play for him. Yeah. <laughs> just the unraveling of this mystery. I was just falling for all of it, hook, line, and sinker. Because, like, you know, I haven't watched as many. I've watched some, because I am dating a human female, so they just, they enter the house, whether, they're like vampires. Once you let one on the TV, it's fucking over. Like, you can't get them out, and, I mean, it's sort of cliche, but also, the reveal at the end of, like, oh, yeah, it's probably just some dude just killing these Mexicans to send a message. Not surprising, but also, not great for <laughs> the whole I was a big fan of just how fucking outwardly racist they are about Mexicans taking their jobs yeah and then you look at the map and you go hang on a second <laughs> this, this doesn't add up one bit yep there Mexico's there and you're sure yeah okay man hey whatever <laughs> whatever you say dude <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's only three parts. It's a it's a strong recommend. I mean, if you're listening to us, you're already you're in, watching any squatch related content. But yeah, good shit. I mean, the, the the best thing now that all three of us have seen it that I can say is like, at most a third of this is about Sasquatch, and all three of us are still praising it. So oh, yeah, right. Big fan of all the Sasquatch experts. Big fan <laughs> of just the two guys who just keeps. It's like <laughs> being the guy who recorded the tape, and then like twenty minutes later, he's like, "Yeah, that was me in a suit." Yeah, I'm with that motherfucker every day. He won't acknowledge me. He's like, "Oh yeah, we talk all the time." He's like, "Yeah, he won't even look at me." These <laughs> two old dudes I... living butt fuck nowhere, <laughs> having a fucking blood feud over the Bigfoot tape. <laughs> I could watch nine hours of that, dude. I love it. I'm so into lifelong Squatch Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, my good friend, last week I watched Frailty, which is a very good movie, as it turns out. Frailty? Which which one is that? Oh, that'd be the Bill Paxton movie. <laughs> but oh, just, right! Hey, yeah! Sometimes the Lord tells you to kill people, and your beautiful son, Matt McConaughey, has to take over. Yeah. <laughs> So I described it as a movie that I had just been aware of because for some reason that and Sling Blade were just on for like a year in my house because fucking AMC was probably just showing it three times a day. So I was just aware of it. Had not just sat down and watched it before. Mm-hmm. That's a good fucking movie. Yeah, boy, like, and, and this is one of the ones I mentioned uh, before. I remember now. You need to do that ending. You really need to do that ending. Yeah. 
Like you see it coming, but also like I don't care. This doesn't matter. I was rather have that ending than what they any other movie would have done. Yeah, like I assumed <laughs> the yeah. whole time that like okay, and then we get the moment. Like he's obviously leading him out here for a reason. I've seen the movie before, but also it's real fucking good. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, if they had gone in the other direction, this would have been, like, a 3 out of 10. Don't waste my time. <laughs> it's like, oh, if the whole thing was in flashback, then it didn't matter. Great. But yeah, I, I mean, I think most people are aware of frailty, especially after Bill Paxton died. Anyone who would have seen it would have sought it out afterwards. Yeah. What a good fucking movie. Let's see here. Because I've got all the shit to carry over from last week and see what I actually want to talk about. Uh, God, I didn't fucking watch anything this week, you guys. I'm going to be honest with you. It's <laughs> alright. I spent most of my time uh, replaying Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Turns out that still holds up. I'd love that for you. <laughs> fucking junior nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay, let's do this. Let's talk about a tale of two different movies. I thought okay, you were going to say a different word there. <laughs> nope. Not again. <laughs> As we all know, 20th Century Fox is bought out by Disney, and uh, there were a couple movies that uh, were just lingering around. Disney didn't know what to do with what with the pandemic and all, because it turned out part of the agreement was, hey, if we film this movie to be released in the theater, you can't just dump that shit on Hulu. Part of the deal is you have to release it at some point. So that's how we spend five years waiting for The New Mutants to come out, <laughs> which just... <laughs> Have to be, to be sitting on HBO Max one day. And I was like, oh, well, I have nothing better to do with my life. <laughs> the accents in this fucking movie. <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy is doing the worst Russian accent I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> one of the fucking goofy older brothers from Stranger Things, I didn't look his name up because I don't remember, is doing the most dog shit Kentucky accent I've ever heard in my life. And little Anya Stark from Game of Thrones is Scottish. So just throw those in. And those are three of your like five main characters. This movie has at most seven people on screen. I don't understand how this movie exists. Like, like the pitch is, hey Chris, you remember Nightmare on Elm Street 3 where they're all in the hospital together? How could I forget? Okay, what if that, but there's mutants. <laughs> What? That's a solid enough movie pitch. Yeah. Like, that's a good starting ground. Yeah. And also, like, this is post-Logan, post-Deadpool, so it's like, hey, we can make comic stuff that's not just off the assembly line at Disney, and people will go see it if it's good. So they wanted it to be, like, more horror-themed. And they cut that trailer that came out in 2017. Holy Jesus. shit. Boy, I feel old now. Came out with IT Chapter 1 is when that trailer dropped. <sighs> and then uh, there's horror for about five minutes of this this tight 90 minutes. Boy, howdy. Did they see what they had and go, yeah, snip it around, snip that, that's fine. So here's the thing. They wanted to reshoot like half of this movie. But uh, it turns out Anya Taylor-Joy is pretty busy. Uh, remember 2017, so little Arya Stark was busy filming the biggest show, like, in the last 20 years. You know, trying to film that last season. <laughs> and uh, Stranger Things, also kind of a big deal. So, uh, those reshoots just never happened. 
So it came down to fucking nut cutting time, and Disney's like, all right, are there any theaters open? Oh, there's a couple hundred? Cool, just release it as is. Just throw it out there, wipe our hands clean, we're done with it. What you get is like 80 minutes of a super shitty breakfast club. So, and then they find like a fun. giant bear at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, maybe I will it watch is this. It's a 70 million... It's... I swear to God, the movie opens with a voiceover talking about an ancient Native American proverb about there being two bears inside of us. And I almost <laughs> turned it off right there. <laughs> and not only does it open with that, you better believe that's the epilogue, too. This entire movie builds up to this girl, and they fight... You see, the bear is the bear that's inside her, because there's an evil bear in all of us. So there's a giant bear attacking all the kids. And then she learns to, like, face her past, and she goes, Hey, bear, stop attacking them. And then the fucking movie ends. (laughs) This is literally the last X-Men movie. Like, everything after this is all going to be completely recasted, relaunched. Like, this shit's been going on since the year 2000. And it ends with the faintest whimper imaginable. It is absolute dog shit. Like it's I got I was at seventy minutes in this ninety minute movie, and it just feels like a pilot. And then you read the interviews like, oh, I haven't got a whole trilogy planned. Oh, sick. Guess what's never ever fucking happening. Yeah. So yeah, it's a ninety minute uh, pilot episode to a series that will never ever exist in this or any universe. I'm not exaggerating when I say if there's double digit people in this movie, two of them have got to be fucking like boom mic operators that accidentally got caught on camera. There is <laughs> no one. They spend the whole movie in this hospital. There is one nurse that works at the hospital. You see no one. It's just these five people talking and talking and bonding, and some of them don't get along. And wow, that Russian bitch is really mean. And then we get all their backstories. And then we get shitty CGI. Then we get more backstories. What happened to this guy? Oh my god, his dad died. That's so sad. What's your power? Oh, that's interesting. Let's all come together to fight the giant bear. Oh my god, the bear's winning. Hey bear, I'm not scared anymore. Goodbye! And then it just fucking ends. (laughs) And they can can finally leave the hospital and go on adventures. That will never happen. I'm going to be thinking about two bears inside you for a long time. Inside every person, Christopher, (laughs) there are two bears. So that's one movie. The other movie is a movie that I gave absolutely no credence to. It was a similar situation. It's a movie called The Empty Man. A movie that I did not watch because I was like, oh, this sounds like shit. And then I watched the trailer, and the trailer is... It just looks like a Slender Man Bye Bye Man movie. It's literally 90 seconds long of like a bunch of high schoolers describing this urban legend thing around them. It just sounds like creepypasta. Yeah. So it turns out this movie is about two hours long, and those oh. kids are in the movie for two scenes? Maybe three? Oh. This movie has nothing to do with them whatsoever. This is not a shitty-ass fucking creepypasta movie. Um... It's actually about a cop investigating a bunch of grisly murders and disappearances, and then finding a secret society trying to create the physical manifestation of a vessel that communicates with an ancient entity, and there's some weird fucking, like, Lovecraftian shit going on. It's incredibly good. Wow. And, uh, so here's the thing. 
So Fox was super into it, right? Mm-hmm. This is this director's first movie. Has been working with David Fincher for like decades at this point. They're like, hey man, this idea is sick. We're behind you. Go ahead and make this. He makes it. I mean, it's a movie that's like basically unmarketable to modern audiences because it's a two-hour-long like movie about metaphysical dread and other dimensions and shit with no stars and like this looks sick and it does like it's well shot everything looks good it's well acted it's like all right man we got you and then disney buys them then those producers don't work there anymore so disney screens it and they're like what the fuck do we do bitch there's no robert downey jr not here what do we do with this so like okay this we're gonna salvage this take the scissors to it cut this down to a tight 90 minutes so they do it. And then they screen it again. And then it tests worse. So they just go, fuck it, release it. And it goes out in theaters for like a weekend. The shitty Slenderman trailer I mentioned, that came out a week before the theatrical release. <laughs> they threw that shit on YouTube, threw it in like a hundred theaters, and went, alright, we fulfilled our contract, we're done. Uh, this thing doesn't even have a DVD release. Like, it literally only exists digitally. And it's really fucking good. It is, I mean, I was going to say it's probably one of my favorite movies of the year, but like, we're in April and I've seen five movies, (laughs) but it is really fucking good. Like, I can't, I'm not even exaggerating when I say like, the entire trailer just looks like Slender Man, and those kids are not even a factor. Like, they are sort of the driving force, and the entire trailer is just like an exposition flashback scene that describes the lore that he's investigating. I've fucking love this movie so much and no one on the planet has seen it or heard of it because if you do anything to look it up if you just search for it on youtube it's like oh no thank you this looks like absolute hot dog shit but uh it's really fucking good and i think more people should check it out also, you're not I know the first for, person I've heard for every wrong, person i know so. that likes it someone will go well it's two hours and nothing scary happened and then i'll bang my head in the wall <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're you're not the first person i've heard that from like, this is something that I want to watch now, so. It looks real fucking good. It has a movie that has it has a scene that has stuck with me for a long time. It's, it's scary for a different reason. Our uh, main character, he's alone at a restaurant. And uh, he just looks like he is really having a rough go of it. The waiter comes by. He digs into his wallet. Hands him the shittiest, like, wrinkled up birthday coupon. Which is truly one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Like, hey, think of this coupon. Can I get... (laughs) And they come back out with the dessert, with the candle, and they all sing to him. And if I lived that moment, I would kill myself. (laughs) If I was sitting alone at a table at a Mexican restaurant by myself in, like, the middle of the day on a Thursday, and they all came out with a cake and sang to me, (laughs) you would never hear from me again. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, uh, really strong recommend. If you hate it, please don't tell me about it. Please direct all emails to buzz at terribleblog.net. Thank you. Anytime. Uh, Oh, I can mention this one briefly. So our good friend Repick, I enjoy when he he DMs me about his his new setup at home, which is he'll be at home, his wife will get home, prop herself into the recliner, and then just turn on Shutter TV, and they'll just watch whatever stupid-ass horror movie's on. Which leads to him messaging me things like, Hey, have you seen this movie about the killer jeans? 
<laughs> Which leads to me just immediately Pepe running to my couch like, the what now? <laughs> okay, so last week, Chris, you discussed, uh, we talked about 2001 and mm-hmm. talked about, you know, that's the kind of movie where uh, you setting is very important for me. Yeah. The setting here was, this was like the fifth movie I'd watched that day, and I was several rum and cokes deep. And that's the appropriate setting to watch Slacks with two X's. <laughs> Let me pitch this at you. Killer Jeans movie, right? Yeah. Let me throw this at you. 77 minutes. Ooh. Oh, hey. Yeah, right. that's yeah. Okay. That was an immediate, like, I should probably watch this. Let me just tell you on one thing. There's a scene where the sentient jeans, after crushing someone to death, just, like, scooch along the tile and slurp up the blood as it goes. And it made me laugh so hard, because it has the... <laughs> effect. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> You better dude. believe that there's an explanation for why the jeans are killing them. And you better fucking believe it's about an underage worker overseas that gets pulled into a jean thresher. <laughs> <laughs> You better believe Fuck, we get man. a flashback to some fucking Indian girl in a cotton field accidentally dying. <laughs> it's not good. It's pretty good, though. <laughs> Any movie about killer pants that's clocking in under 80 minutes with credits, that's getting a, that's getting a thumbs up from this guy. And I think the rest I can skip. Yeah, I watched a lot of Disney stuff last week, but I'm not feeling that right now. Fuck it, let's talk fair. about this dog shit movie that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> God, I so like none of us grew up with Mortal Kombat. So I tried yesterday. I went. I watched like three separate lore videos. I'm more confused. Uh, yeah. Like, I've, got, I've got nothing to contribute now. I've got so many names that don't match anything in my brain. Right. I tried. I tried, you guys. I tried really hard to cram before this test. That's a negative. It ain't happening. Okay, so before we talk about the movie, I think it might behoove us to talk about Mortal Kombat, the phenomenon. It was a series of video games. There's an arcade. They ported it to home consoles. It was really known, not for being a solid fighter, because it's not, but for being very violent and gory and having all those really bloody special effects and everything. I think it actually led to the creation of the SRB uh, rating board for video games. Uh, but it was super popular. It was right up there with Street Fighter because it was it got people's attention. It was really super violent. Just a quick thing here. If you guys like uh, Mortal Kombat, I don't know why you're still listening, go back and play those <laughs> games. They fucking suck. They're, they're really horrible fighters. There's, they're, they're really, really cheap moves and everything, and a lot of the hitboxes are... It's just it's a very badly designed thing. But it was popular. It was made by, I think, two guys. I think it was, what was it? Ed Boone and something something Tobias. They actually drop one of their names in the movie. <laughs> Weezing Ed and yeah. some other guy. <laughs> yeah, yes. guy. Uh, anyway, my conception, and I'm going to bring this up later, my conception of Mortal Kombat was, oh, they're just trying to have a laugh. The, the whole thing is so silly. Like, one of the ninja girls will, like, suck up someone's soul and spit them out as bones. Like, you'd uppercut a person's head off. The whole thing looks genuinely very silly and it only got sillier as it went on they had babalities uh friendships uh stuff like that so you make the person's head gigantic it was like oh you're using a bunch of photoshop effects in your video game it's a, to me it looks like they're trying to have a comedy video game 
with a whole bunch of blood and gore and stuff like that. And yeah, my 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 conception of Mortal Kombat for the longest time was on the exact same level as Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah, Match. I, like, I, I kind of expected that that's the reason that people enjoyed it. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah, so when you talk about what you want out of Mortal Kombat, I can understand people saying, I'm in it for the gore, but I, I kind of always viewed it as like, oh, this must be a joke. Unfortunately, Parker, this is also a way that I always thought about heavy metal. You know, because I always heard heavy metal as, you know, power chord, and then, you know, fucking Rob Zombie would say something about 1950s horror movies. I'm like, oh, it's all just a big joke. Yeah, yeah. Miss me with every guitar solo of all time ever. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. So uh, that's what Mortal Kombat was. Then in 1995, Mortal Kombat, directed by friend of the show, Paul W.S. Anderson, was released. And uh, I wrote a review about that on TurboBlog.net. <laughs> the good Paul Anderson. That's uh, the one good Mortal Kombat movie. It's actually Correct. it's actually pretty enjoyable. It's, it's silly and it's cheesy, but... It's fun, and it's got one of the most kick-ass theme songs of all time. I mean, that song still fucking holds up. Uh, that, that reminds me so much of high school wrestling. I used to listen to that song all the fucking time for warm-ups. Uh, anyway, uh, the one thing about that movie that people really harshly criticized in 1995 was that it was PG-13. You couldn't get the blood, the guts, the gore, and everything. You just had Johnny Cage saying some of the worst one-liners of all time. Well, we know we didn't Actually, miss but uh, yeah, there's there's no real violence in there. So there's some really noticeably bad CGI. <laughs> uh, that's one of the ones that Gabby uh, pointed out that the uh, reptile looks uh, pretty awful. Um, but overall, I wish this movie had more blood in it, like shitty CGI blood yeah. that looks like dog shit. <laughs> but there's also yeah, that's all. That's the other thing. Is it's 1995. Also, if I mean, you have to admit it. Like, kids are playing Mortal Kombat. You're not making this for grown-ups. You're making this for kids. So make a movie that the kids can go and watch. And for what we got in 1995, it's really not that bad. Christopher Lambert, Lambert playing Raiden is one of the funniest performances I've ever heard because he's just doing a Kirk Douglas impression the entire time. You have to participate in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> just does it the entire movie it's so fucking yeah. funny uh, i didn't revisit this i just remember some of this i revisited uh the article i read about it which is it's okay uh then there was mortal kombat annihilation parker i think you said you enjoyed it right <laughs> man <laughs> that's a movie all right holy shit yeah mortal kombat annihilation was really bad it replaced most of the actors uh including johnny kate how dare you and uh it, it was just awful. Uh, the, the, the special effects were, if you can believe it, somehow worse. And I don't know if you can believe this. The fight scenes were so much worse that there's so many of them. You're like, oh, I'm, I go into this for the fighting. I like fighting movies. I do. I think those are great. This one is uh, borderline unwatchable. Yes, I would much rather watch Mortal Kombat 2021 than this. So time passes the rules start to change you start to feel kind of bad more mortal Kombat games are released and they're just getting progressively more and more like ludicrously violent to the extent that to me the joke wears rather thin because like in the first game like one of the fatalities you're punching him over and over and over again the blood's going all over the place i think it was a johnny cage or do something like that and then like the one big punch would explode bones all over the screen like that's so silly in this one, you like you'll punch a guy in the testicles, and it like zooms in on an X-ray of one of his balls flying off the screen. And I'm like, wow, 
thanks for that. I'm having a lot of fun. Does she hate when that happens? Yeah. I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I kind of prefer if you uh, wouldn't do something like that. Didn't uh, NFL Blitz do something like that, where it's like you zoom <laughs> in and <laughs> bones breaking? <laughs> well, the thing that draws me to Mortal Kombat, because I've played it more recently, is my biggest issue with the movie, is that it's super, like, takes all this lore deadly seriously, but then is also dumb as shit. They don't have to wink and nod every time someone references something about Outworld. Yeah, you know, that's actually I don't good have point. a million quips. It's like, yes, let it be bloody and stupid, but also, like, pretend to take it seriously. Yeah. Instead of just having an Australian guy, oh, what the fuck's that then? For <laughs> 90 minutes. I'll, I'll, get into, I'll get into him for a second in my defense of the character, but uh, getting back to the what? lore, I... Uh, I, th- I think this is going to be it only takes two things for us, Chris. So. Okay, don't worry, don't worry. I'll, I'll have my statement about it. You can bully me later. Oh, but no, no, first, I'm on your side. Oh, good. Parker, get ready. But uh, I'm ready to get swirly. Let's go. <laughs> anyway, uh, the thing about the lore is with those awful fucking video games, I will say this. I think it was Ed Boon was the one who did the story. He made a bunch of sketches, wrote up a whole reason that they're all fighting and everything. And, you know, if you're going to put in the work, I'm going to respect it. I always respect hard work. Unfortunately, that work went absolutely nowhere because the lore is so fucking dumb. I'm sorry. If you really care about the lore as it transfers between games, you're focusing on the wrong things in life. Do not ask me about my Tekken articles. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I appreciate the lore in those games because, like, I've only played the newer ones. Like, I've played a bit of the old ones just on, like, collections, but I didn't play them back in the day. But, like, they're fun to play the campaigns because they have, like, these weird, crazy stories all these characters mixing. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch the Warcraft movie. <laughs> Keep the lore yeah. in the game and then just... Okay. <laughs> Hang on, guys. Um, so, despite him falling I, down <laughs> at the Combine, I, I feel like... I love that there are at least some of our listeners that have no context for what that noise is and will just associate it as, like, a Pavlov's dog yeah. with, like, uh, just uh, assigning a terrible movie to somebody. Yeah. Now, Parker, you said that uh, Mortal Kombat is a whole bunch of crazy and wacky characters getting together. I know in one of the Mortal Kombat games, the Joker was in there, and he would say that these are just normal characters. <laughs> He absolutely yeah, that, that, would. That checks out, though. Yeah. Like, 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 you might have just made that up, but if you told me the Joker was in a Mortal Kombat game, I 100% believe you. No, I remember, because one of his... to play Mortal Kombat versus DC. Yeah, one of his fatalities is, he has, like, one of those fake guns, it, it comes out and it says, like, bang or whatever, and the person's just like, oh, I guess he's not going to kill me, and then he shoots, like, the flag into, like, their head and they die or something, because it's... That's <laughs> fun. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I... I, mean, I oh, God. No, I'm Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Tekken because there was a part of me when I was watching this that it was just like, do I just not like this because I was Team Tekken and not Team Mortal Kombat? You were one of the And then cool I thought about it more. Yeah, and then I thought about it more. I'm like, nah, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I love Tekken. I love the convoluted story. I love throwing your trash ass son into a volcano because he can't beat you in combat. But also, if a Tekken movie had as much lore as this Mortal Kombat movie... I would be having a very bad time. Right, exactly. Because there's a lot of characters, and we've got the word Zaibatsu floating around, and we have multiple robots, and you've got these assassin ladies, and they're sisters, and they don't get along. And then this guy, you know, he's a luchador, and he runs this <laughs> orphanage, but also there's luchador training him, and he has armor, so he's different. Yeah. And this tree dude knows everyone's moves. Like, I don't want you to cram all that into <laughs> hour 40. Like, this is this yeah. is one of the things that the Street Fighter movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme did a whole lot better, because... Uh, they looked at all of the lore in those games and who is which character and what do they mean, and they said, we don't care. And they just made up their own thing, and they had Jean-Claude Van Damme play 
an American, and uh, a whole bunch of other dumb shit going on in that movie, the creation of Blanc and everything. They're like, let's just make it as wacky as shit because it's dumb anyway. And what they turned out was an all right movie. With this, it, it feels like the Mortal Kombat 2021 is made specifically for people who grew up with these games and have a slavish devotion to the lore. And I think, Alex, you, you may have mentioned something on your letterbox review. It's like, this is made for someone like me, or in this case, someone who grew up with the games. And, you know, oh, I loved it. Why didn't, in the 1995 movie, why didn't they mention that Jax was a special forces guy? Or why didn't they do this or that or, or something like that? Because that's what was in the games. Well, yeah, you were five back then. You know, you're five. And now you look at it, you're like, oh, now I know how movies work. You don't have to do all this dumb shit. And what we yeah. get is the Sub-Zero Adventure. I don't give Dude. a fuck about Sub-Zero. We need to talk Dude, about I mean, Sub-Zero. So first I, of all, he's played like, by... That's why he's always used, because, like, he has a cool design, and he can freeze people. his moveset is interesting on screen. Yeah. It's visually interesting to make... to ma stab someone and then turn their blood into an icicle and stab them. That is good to me. Yeah, it's... I don't he's just a... a shit about your centuries-long feud with this dude who's in the movie for seven minutes. Yes. Fuck off. So, the thing about Sub-Zero is he's played by one of the guys from the raid. No, not that one. No, not that one either. He's like the third or... But not the one you want. He's like the fifth build. <laughs> he's like the fifth build from the raid movies. Everyone's like, well, you know, those ah. have really impressive combat. <laughs> he must know how to fight. And indeed he does, but the person who's filming this movie doesn't know how to film fights. Because they keep even cutting away from it. Parker, you had a wonderful comparison that I won't take away from you. I actually do not remember. Uh, you compared, you said the fight me. scenes were filmed to like <laughs> uh, Liam Neeson jumping over a fence and taking three. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My God. Like, all you have to not fuck up is like, I will forgive all of this lore if you just give me like four or five cool ass fights. Exactly. Yeah. The entire, like, alright, we're gonna go back, we're gonna take the fight to him, you take this guy, you take this guy, I'll take this guy. And then it's just a fucking 30 second montage, I could've put my head through the wall, and get out of my oh, face! That fucking and intro. Like, go ahead. It's, it's, not even, it's not even just that, you know, it's all tied up in this lore, and the, oh, Sub-Zero and the Blood Feud in this, it's... We're like, alright, here they go, they're gonna fight. We're all here for the fight. All of us bought our tickets to see the fighting. It's like, Hey, check it out. I got some CGI icicle swords. Like, fuck you! God damn it, man! Just fucking punch somebody! Punch somebody and then do the freeze thing! Like, this isn't visually interesting. It It's, like, even beyond it just being, like, shitty camera angles and stuff, it's like, alright, so this guy's... Uh, just just pretend you're holding a sword and swing it at this guy. Well, uh, no, it'll look cool later. Don't worry about it. And it... It just sucks. It's so frustrating. It's for the Mortal Kombat even, hardcore fans. Uh, I'd like to say that maybe it doesn't... Pass. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, I'd, I'd like to say that Mortal Kombat, maybe it doesn't translate to cinema, but I don't think it worked very well as a video game. Now go ahead, Parker. Like, I would give all the Sub-Zero stuff more of a pass if if the main character was Scorpion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I, I really like, thought that that's that was like what they were going to do. Long. Like, that's been the thing in these games going back to, like, the first one. So, I get it. Like, you get an action movie with ninjas, you can put anyone under that mask. I get it. That's a smart move. I would do it, too. But these, this fucking, like, ten-minute-long intro, centuries in the past of these two people. And they're like, oh, man, so he's going to be a descendant. What does that mean? 
Uh, he's just kind of a shitty fighter, and then he gets literal plot armor at minute 65. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like, I thought that like every one of the fighters has to unlock their Hakuna Matata or whatever. I thought his was going to be like he turns into Ghost Rider. You know how Scorpion will like, take off his hood and he had like, a skull and Hell shoot yeah, up flames dude. or something? Like, oh, that's going to be his thing, and that's how he protects his family. No, the, it, it turns out... I. I have to quote him positively here. Yellow Cyclone was right. The director must have realized that that guy is a fucking block of wood. He has nothing interesting <laughs> to add to the screen. You know? So they they're like, oh, bring back the old guy. You know? We'll use him instead. Why would she make a fucking audience insert OC, my content, do not steal main character <laughs> in... Mortal Kombat is nothing but characters. Is that guy Sonic yeah. you? <laughs> like, like you couldn't fit Johnny Cage anywhere in this movie, but I have to watch this motherfucker and be like, guys, I know the whole world's at stake, but like, oh no, Goro's attacking my wife and kid. <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to Eat Johnny Cage and his absence, or so I it would seem. But uh, could have screamed. I want to talk about the intro again, real quick. Is uh, there's surprisingly little fighting in this intro? We're like, oh, but he killed those other guys. I'm like, yeah, but it looks so shitty, you know. And it was all CGI ice. The entire time I'm watching this, this is going to sound funny, and it's going to sound like a joke, and you guys are going to laugh, and that's okay, but I'm dead serious when I say it. Give me the intros from all the three ninja movies. Not the three ninjas, sorry. Enter the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, and Ninja 3 The Domination. I'm serious, those and are the three amigos. Bad. I would take those intros over most movies. Though, yeah, like, yeah, I'm dead yeah. serious, though. Those are so... Like, people are actually fighting in those, and there's something interesting going on. I'm like, I have no idea where this is going to go. This is going to be fucking cool. This, the entire time, I'm, I'm serious. I was making, like, involuntarily the hurry-up motion with my hands. Like, would you get to the fucking point here? Like, is Scott Atkins busy? That's all yeah, I want to exactly. Know. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like uh, Parker mentioned a couple weeks ago in Jerks of the Week, I don't know, some fucking film guy that I have no knowledge of, David complaining about, <laughs> complaining about uh, um, Godzilla uh, vs. Kong. Godzilla vs. Kong being, like, the death of movies and stuff. And I was like, that's a stupid fucking take. And then I watched this movie and felt the exact same thing. So, it, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it just, it did that. Oh, sorry. No, no, I'm you're just, good. I'm lagging today. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. No, 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 please, everyone. please, just. Yeah, because uh, they did that web series like Mortal Kombat Legacy, and fucking Michael Jai White was in that. You're gonna tell me you couldn't get him yeah, for like a right. month to shoot this movie? What are we doing? Yeah, that's a good point. In fact, I remember those. Those were like actually kind of good. And people looking like, wow, that's a good proof of concept. You could really do something with this. I didn't think it was like spectacular or whatever. I was like, well, at least it was pretty well made. Looks better than this shit. Like, so everyone was talking about, oh, this is... I remember, like, the lead-up to this. The build it was like, they went, like, right to the limit, man. This is going to be the most hardcore, R-rated, gory slugfest you've ever seen. And at one point, it cuts away before he freezes the people. Because they're like, oh, we don't have that much CGI. It's like, that's not even gory. Nothing just cold. You know? That's just God, silly. I wish it was half as intense and crazy as they fucking said Yeah, it. they're like, oh, we yeah. cut certain parts so it wouldn't get an X rating. I'm like... I, I don't care. What, you cut nope. the scene where you punch someone's <laughs> balls off? This was never getting an X rating. Yeah, There's you nothing cut out in all of Kano's like... F-bombs. This is a PG-13. Yeah. You trim down, like, it's... two fatalities. Yeah. This and is a fucking PG-13. Like, like, it goes a level beyond that for me, because, like, watching this movie, all I could think in the back of my head the entire time was, like, oh my god, Hollywood thinks our generation's retarded. We actually want this. Yeah, that's actually a point but I'd this, like to this... address here, and something actually happened to me in the theater, so... Parker, you're dead right, and Alex, you're also dead right, about this being really dumbed down. And you, again, you cut out the F-bombs and to the fatalities, and it really does feel like a, a light PG-13. There was a six-year-old kid behind me. And I remember thinking, uh, Gory's movie, parents, right behind... 
they said they almost got an X rating. All right, hope that kid's gonna. The kid said one thing the entire movie. Yes, his dad. Is that real? His dad didn't say anything, so uh, probably said quiet. We're gonna raise an order card for you. But like, I, I watched this, and it really does feel to me like this movie was made for children. But then I realized I got an R rating. Like they think that the people who grew up with the series are still mentally children. And that's the vibe that I got from this movie. And that's why while watching it, the entire time, all I could think of, I was so embarrassed to be watching it. I was so embarrassed to be in the theater to have people knowing I was watching it. Although the Nacho Ordinary Pizza is really good, so it was worth it. Oh, man. Uh, so I had a different experience. I watched this at home on HBO Max. And about three different times, it started buffering. So there are three points in the movie. We had it on pause, and we just looked at each other like, should we fucking go to bed? <laughs> like, this was the night it dropped. Like, it was brand new. No one has seen it yet. And we're just like, I don't want to... I'm at work tomorrow. Like, do you want to fucking finish this thing? That whole middle of the movie, you want to really feel that length. Uh, just pause it for like five minutes and then unpause it and listen to him talk about his dumbass kid some more. He, you, Man, it is... Let's talk about the story. It, it hurts. Yeah. Such like, as I know a lot of people who love Mortal Kombat games... And they had a great time with it. I'm very happy for all of you. I mean that as non-sarcastically as possible. I'm very happy you got what you wanted. I did not. This is like if they made a Tekken movie and Paul Phoenix and Martial Law are at his restaurant. And they're eating Chinese food talking about, oh man, we'll ride your motorcycle. We'll win the King of Iron Fist turn. And everyone else would be like, how when do they punch? Told me and I would be like Chinese the one guy was. in the theater would be like, oh boy. You know? It's like, I, I don't think it'll work out. Just nudging the person next to you. You know, they're rivals dating back. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. Like, I've dipped my toe in the Mortal Kombat lore. And like I said, I appreciate how deadly seriously they take the dumbest shit imaginable. Did you watch the uh, the animated I, one that I sent you? I meant to today. And then I didn't get home till like midnight. Hang on a second. <laughs> Those are not the terms. <laughs> but, like, you can't cram... Because, like, you look at it like, oh, here's the lore thing. It's like, alright, this is 20 minutes for all the games. It's like, okay, that's just someone just narrating quickly over clips. Like, you can't just take all these decades worth of lore and, like... Alright, now have these guys describe it sitting around a table. Great. Good movie. I love it. Love that for us. Okay. And maybe we should talk about the story, such as it exists. Uh, there is another realm. Stay with us. It gets uh -huh. stupider. Uh, the other realm is called Outworld, which I can't stop mm -hmm. thinking about. It's like, we have your woman, Outlander. And, uh, <laughs> and blood will spill. Some <laughs> somehow that's not the stupidest thing in the movie. It's even stupider when they refer to uh, planet Earth as Earth Realm. I right. forgot that they did that, and I was just... I think I Man. Like, audibly said out loud in the theater, wow. <laughs> it, Don't worry, it had, there's, there's four more realms. Don't worry about uh, it. It had the exact same energy as watching John Travolta say man-animals <laughs> over and over while I watched Battlefield Earth. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Animal. Don't worry. Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay, so... Uh, every, this is... Already describing this as stupid. The movie, I think, sort of dances around the issue... Basically what's going on here is there's always a martial arts tournament between the citizens of Outworld and the citizens of Earth Realm. And Outworld's won like nine in a row, and if they win the tenth, then uh, they get full control over Earth, 
which is, I guess, like, people wouldn't be very happy about that, because the people in Outworld seem... Well, there's a lot of stakes. I'd love to see that tournament. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure you'd like to see a tournament. Don't worry, there's a tournament later on. I promise, we'll get to the tournament. And, uh, apparently the bad guy, was his name Shao Kahn or something? Or whatever his name? Uh, no, it's Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung is the bad guy, and he leads Outworld, and he's a cheater, and he cheats. And his idea is to kill off the members of Earthrealm who are picked to go to the Mortal Kombat tournament because they're born with a with a brand. Uh, and... That's Yeah, and he kills them. Yeah. He's going to kill them off so they'll have no competitors at all so they'll win by default. It's like in the wrestling thing where you just go out to the side of the mat and you just get your hand raised. You're like, alright, six points my team and I didn't even have to stretch today. So, uh... That's <laughs> by God, he attacked him backstage with a steel chair. <laughs> he was going to take his spot in the rumble. Yeah, well, there are various people who uh, are born with a brand. One of them is Scorpion, an ancient ninja who sucks at fighting, and he gets killed by uh, Sub Zero. We go how many? Years? Wait, like uh, I think nine hundred years in the in the future to current day. Some guy whose name I don't remember, and I'm offending the screenwriter for not remembering his name, is our main character, played by someone I've never heard of. Uh, yeah, I'll be goddamned if I write that dude's exactly. name down. Exactly, and he's fighting he's in so uh, steel cage matches, and he sucks at fighting. He was chosen to fight against Outworld, and Great. he's a bad fighter. Anyway, so he loses his fight because he sucks at fighting, and some individual who I described as his daughter wife tells him he needs to do an uppercut. Uh, Thanks. This may have been the only subtle part of the movie, uh, where there are a lot of... One of the problems with this movie that I had, I, I guess people who like these games thought was cool, one of the problems I had with this movie is there's so many callbacks to the games. Way too many. Like, oh, well, it's based on the games. I'm like, yeah, but there's literally saying fatality, Kano wins, flawless victory, oh, shit like that. I'm actually super happy you brought that the up. The one... Oh, yeah. oh, before I get there. The one I thought was okay. actually subtle was the daughter wife when she says, do an uppercut. That sounds like something that the kid behind you would say while you're playing on the arcade. Do an uppercut! <laughs> like, okay, yeah. yeah, that sounds like something you would hear in the background while playing Mortal Kombat. Go ahead, Parker. The thing with them saying, like, fatality and stuff like that is just such a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because you spend the whole movie like, they're gonna say the fucking thing and then they do and he just cannot groan loud enough you know unless you get shushed by the person next to you but also if you don't do those things why'd you why'd you pay to license Mortal Kombat that's uh, that's a fair point because like there's literally no winning there because it sucks ass every time it happens but also I don't know just make a movie about a fighting tournament See, that's the thing, is with this, there's two ways you can do it. You can either lean into it, which the movie does. They lean hard into it. They might as well... I was surprised they didn't have that one guy's face come up and say, Toasty! Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> actually, that would have made the movie better. Uh, I'm surprised they, they, they could do the other route. You know, the other route, it would have been like, oh, another flawless victory for Kato, or something like that, you know. God, that's so much worse. It is worse. Just, yeah. just, if you're gonna do it, just it. fucking own it yeah. and do it. They just go into it. I didn't like it, but I, I you're right. You know, they, it is damned if you do, damned if you don't. You just basically have to lean into it. I'm not happy about it, but that's just the way that the movie decides to go. Uh, so what happens? Uh, he takes his daughter wife and his wife wife out for ice cream, and it starts snowing. You're like, oh, it's gonna be a nice romantic. Oh no, no, no! And Sub Zero comes in, and I stop paying attention. I don't fucking care about Sub Zero. He kills a bunch of people. He makes it snow. There's ice all over the place. They're like, wow, that was crazy. His friend Jax shows up, and uh, 
he jacks fight sub zero and his arms get frozen and he tears off his arms because you do like the froze his arms thing. Uh, this was in the That's trailer. They really like, built this one up. This is supposed to be a big scene in the movie. Like obviously this is a movie for people who like Mortal Kombat. Everyone knows that Jax has robot arms. Yeah. He can start this movie with robot arms. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not gonna be mad. I don't need to know like, well, how did he get them? Oh, you see ancient outworld magic. I don't care. He just has robot arms. It's fine. Yeah. Let's get yeah. there. Hey, let's start at Mortal Kombat three and just call action. Let's go. Yeah, actually, that's a that's a good point. That'd be a hell of a lot better. Give me an Ole a Bright can wield a wand. Uh, Goro fought us for nine, and then we Liu Kang won, and now here we are. I believe you said instead of me. Instead of giving me a fucking hundred minute. Hey guys, tune in next time for the thing you wanted. <laughs> See, that's that's one of the things about this is it takes him so long to get his robot arms, and I'm like. What are we doing wasting all this time for? Jax was like a lot of people's favorite character. He was I believe he was the only black character in the game too, so he meant a lot of uh he meant a lot to the the African American kids who would play this game, this game series, and like, hey, representation. And it's like now it's like, oh, he's just kinda weak and stubby arm for ninety percent of the movie. Dude, that sucks. His fucking take my strong hand arms were so fucking <laughs> they funny. Were pretty funny. <laughs> uh not in an intentional way though. So uh, he's like, "Oh, go find my friend Sonya Blade." Uh, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good '90s tryhard. I don't know what I'm it into. sounds more like. It sounds either like Britney Spears or Chelsea Dagger. So uh, anyway, I, the, I, I, they go to the junkyard <laughs> where she lives, and I know you guys. <laughs> I know you guys haven't. They sorry, this, <laughs> you gotta this movie. The fucking nerve for it to take a detour to Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Suck my fucking dick, movie. It's like, alright, so the invaders are coming from Outworld. But first, <laughs> Indiana. Like, of all places God in Indiana, Gary, Indiana. It's like, what, can you not afford to film? Oh, yeah. I see. You had uh, one CGI cliff for them to stand on and talk. Got it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, back to Indiana, I guess. Yeah, they have uh, Sonya Blade living in... You guys haven't seen the movie yet, but it's Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. It was just reminded of... Uh, of... Why did you say yet? Christopher. Actually, God. my team's drafted really well, so I'm not concerned. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. So, anyway... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Richard Roundtree, who plays Shaft, lives at... I'm talking about Steel, sorry. Mortal Kombat. So he meets up with uh, Sonya Blade, who does not have uh, a Mortal Kombat brand. They're like, why is she in the movie? Uh, because she was in the games, is the answer. So she has kidnapped a gentleman named Kano. Kano is Australian. Uh, they made sure to get this detail right in the 1995 movie. I'm not entirely sure why. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, we gotta get that part right. Otherwise, people will complain. You know, he didn't have a voice in those games. He just went, ah, when he got hit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, in this one, he, uh, he gets carried over that he has, um, he has an Australian accent. Now, it's, it's so bizarre that they decided to just have him yell, I'm Pickle Kano, the whole time. But... You know, here we are. So let's uh, let's talk about whether this guy is funny. Uh, Parker, you do not like Kano in this movie. Describe why. I had a couple of genuine laughs, but when you throw out that many, just by averages, some are going to get me. Yeah. But goddamn, man. When you realize, like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, I'm not laughing at all of him, but he's got a different energy. And then the, you're like, oh, fuck, he's still here, huh? So... Oh, he's, like, part of the main cast now. 
Oh no, he's gonna be here the whole movie. Well, okay then. He has a bigger part in this movie than Liu Kang, which uh, he sure fucking (laughs) does. He's on screen more than Raiden and Liu Kang combined, and Shang Tsung and Kung Lao. Uh, who we'll get to. Uh, so Parker, when you said that Johnny Cage isn't in this movie, they just gave Kano Johnny Cage's personality. He has more one-liners than Johnny Cage does, and I'm aware. I would argue that Kano's what? one-liners are funnier. Some of them actually got me. The first one that really got me is when Sonya Blade says, "I actually don't have the Mortal Kombat uh, brand," and he can just hear Kano in the background go, "Wait, wait." That really made that me was laugh. one of. Feet that really got that, me. I watched it also oh, in a big I, theater, and that all of his lines, almost all of his lines, killed. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. This is also a movie made for fifteen. Yeah, or or thirty year olds with uh, five year old brains. I think the hey. reason that I liked Kano in this movie, and in fact, I'd, I'd call him the only thing I liked about this movie, is that. I, again, I get back to, the, I've always thought of Mortal Kombat as a bit of a comedy series. I always thought it was kind of uh, stupidly over the top. And he's the only one who seems to understand just how wacky everything is in this. And like Luke Kang shooting fire out of his palms. And he, he's the only one who seems to be like, hey, wait, that's actually kind of fucked. What's going on here? Even even uh, main characters, uh, let's call him what he is, Sonic Chu's wife and daughter wife, they seem completely uh, unsurprised by Goro coming out there with four fucking arms. They'd be like, yeah, that's just the way that it goes. They, they don't even address it. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, this is just normal. Kano's the only one being like, hey, when do I get the Harry Potter powers? I know that line didn't do much for you, but at least he's saying it's like, hey, this is really fucked. What's going on here? He's He seems like he's a real character versus everyone else who's, I, I, I don't know, I can't go for them. That and, I gotta tell you, some of his lines actually did a lot for you. Some of his lines actually made me laugh so that's my defense alex what is your opinion you want to hear a crazy analogy yes yes you know how like you can take shitty food and dump sriracha on it and it's like edible (laughs) yeah (laughs) this fucking five out of ten comedy character being the best thing in this movie like this fucking two out of ten movie just like kind of pulled the whole thing up a little bit because it was like I have nothing else to do. Like, I might as well listen to this fucking guy's jokes. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, the way that I feel. You summarized that a lot faster than I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's like, like I hate this character in a good movie, but in a bad movie, like, fuck, at least it's something. Yeah. That, it, yeah. Well, you see, Go on. I was under the assumption, like, okay, well, sooner or later we'll get to the cool fight scenes. So in my head, it was <laughs> every time this Australian dude just gives some quippy one-liner, that's the longer we spend in this exposition scene. And the longer it takes to get to the tournament, jokes on this guy. Hey, hey. wait a second. Egg hey, on my wait, face. Parker, you saying you don't but, like? But quips? it's like, <laughs> uh, no. Alex, you described this like, as uh, what was as Hobbs and Shaw with a little bit of fighting. Yeah, it's Hobbs and Shaw with martial arts, basically. Yeah, but like that whole middle of the movie where they're just in like two rooms. The yeah, they're just time. training every time. Someone tries to explain something, and he just, oh, it's like, if you just stop talking, this scene could have been done five minutes ago, and then Shang Tsung could just teleport in somehow, <laughs> and then people could start fighting. I know Goro's coming. I want to see the giant four-armed man rip people apart. Shut the fuck up so we can get there. Well, first, every and single... It turns out, uh, we didn't get there. Every single character has to unlock their Hakuna Matata. By being Dude, driven to, uh, is this? <laughs> by being driven to uh, 
an emotional state of mind. This is how they explain people's special powers. I guess this is the reason that Johnny Cage isn't in the movie, because I don't think he had a special power in the games, right? Dude, Kano gets so racist that he shoots a laser beam out of his eye. <laughs> what the fuck is this? You say that like that's a bad thing. Screaming about fried rice and egg rolls and shoots a fucking laser beam. Whereas main character Sonic Chu, he only gets his special power, literal plot armor, uh, when his family is being threatened. I'm like, you can't have a moment like that in this movie. I'm sorry, you can't do that. Fuck, man, just let me see him get hit by a tennis ball and get magical powers. Like, give me something that's not this shit. Like, it was, it became so stupidly, I couldn't tell if I liked it, actually. It was like, it became so cheesy when Jax, his arms get super powered up when he lifts that boulder to save Sonya. Because I was like, wait, 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 wait. That's so stupid that it belongs in the first movie from 1995, you know? Like, why aren't we doing that? Because at this point, you're trying to combine, like, whatever their Hakuna Matata is that'll unlock their abilities with, like, mechanics. He has mechanical arms. Someone had to program that. Someone had to engineer it. How the hell do his arms start looking like that? It's ridiculous. Chris, buddy, here's the thing. I watch so much Dragon Ball Z that I can't possibly get mad at somebody's power-up sequence in a movie, ever. It's just one of those things. Like, Uh. once you've consumed enough of... Oh, well, now there's a new threat, so he's got to go to another level of Super Saiyan. His All of this just washes this off. Time? Don't worry yeah. about it. Parker understands. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, fine. Sure. I just didn't. This was a new wrinkle of, like, this is going to take even longer. Because I was still under the assumption, like I said, this was the night it dropped. So I'm like, God, we have to get through all this on top of the training just to get to the tournament? Not realizing how fucking silly I am. There is no tournament. Go fuck yourself. But, like, in the process of watching this, I'm like... Okay, so she doesn't have the brain. Okay, so she's got to get the fucking tattoo, and then she can compete. They've all got to get these fucking abilities, and then we can finally get there, only to realize there is no there. Right. That is that is a carrot dangled in front of my stupid fat let's, face. Let's, let's talk about the training sequences and how cool they are. So, Liu Kang and Kung Lao Pass. are in this. Wasn't Liu Kang supposed to be, like, the main character of the games? I thought he was. Yes. He's, he's the one who won the first two Mortal Kombat tournaments that you played. Thank you, Lore Master. The main of all main characters. Yeah. <laughs> he just shows up halfway and, like, oh, hi. We've been training. I here. was like, the entire time I was watching, I was like, that's that main sweet. character that we have right now, Sonic Chu, is either Scorpion or he's Liu Kang, and no one's told him your real name is this. Oh so Liu Kang shows up, I'm like, For okay, real? so he's Scorpion. Fine, sure, I get it. He's Asian. Then other Scorpion shows up, I'm like, who the fuck is this? He's not Baraka. Okay. What are we doing? Thank you, because this dude sucks so bad. I don't believe this is for real, but it plays like he was supposed to be Scorpion, and then halfway through the movie, they were like, this dude, we cannot. I really do that. think we have right. to just make I think him some exactly other dude. Right. Like, I don't think that's real, but the fact that you can make that a compelling argument is just as much of a fucking damnation on the movie that you can watch it go like, oh, clearly they had to scrap all their plans halfway through filming because this guy's absolutely just dog shit. Yeah, you know, I think you're right because that guy, it's not even that he can't act; it's just he has no charisma whatsoever. He's a wet piece of paper. There's nothing for him. So, Liu Kang shows up, and I guess this is also supposed to be a subtle thing. I, I really am not very good at the Mortal Kombat games. If you want to say, oh, you don't like him because you're no good, fine, I'll wear that badge. But he's fighting against Kano, right? And he keeps doing, like, low sweep kicks and knocking him down. So he's just kind of cheesing him with the same move over and over again. I was like, that 
feels like it's a subtle callback to the games and be like, oh, you could just use the same move over and over again. I I guess is that a move that people use in Mortal Kombat? You guys ever uh, do that? Yeah, you could cheese the AI pretty good with yeah, that. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. I guess you could do that. Um, like that's the kind of callback. Like, oh, that's cute. Like in the movie, like, it just plays like him just being an asshole. This now guy. here's it's not him just looking into the camera and saying, "Kano wins." That reality. was so fucking embarrassing, dude. <laughs> it's like, Kano wins. It's like, where'd you learn how to fight? Where's your boomerang? Anyway, so uh, the other guy there is Kung Lao. Parker, I'm sorry, I have to say this. I told I told Alex this off mic. Uh, when you're in the Alamo Draft House, usually I write on like the order cards and, and stuff. They took away like the lights underneath your table, so I couldn't like see what I was writing. So the sloppiest note on here appears as though I wrote, Kung Lao looks like Asian Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> Hey, 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 Chris, you want to hear an equal shittier note that I just stumbled across that Let's I wrote? Let's hear it. <laughs> Does the director of this movie with this fucking lead feel the same way as Doug Peterson with Carson Wentz? <laughs> it keeps happening. <laughs> Kate said there's going to be listening. He's going to, like, email me. He's probably sent me, like, seven emails at buttsatterribleblog.net, and I haven't checked it yet. Oh, just that would make me so happy, dude. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's like, you guys keep making fun of the Eagles. However, you got one thing wrong. It was actually 1995 when we drafted him, and yeah, whatever. Anyway, so... And actually, uh, she was 13, but they never actually met, and that's entrapment, <laughs> and you can't prove. <laughs> anyway, when Kung Lao shows up, my first thought is, that hat is going to be a problem. And uh, lo and fucking behold, it, it is a problem. Uh, he he puts it in the ground and he makes it spin in the ground and he splits that one demon lady in half. You can see like her brains and guts and viscera and stuff. And I'm watching him just like, eh, you know, it's it's whatever. Like I I maybe I'm desensitized. Maybe I I'm desensitized to that sort of gore. Uh, but I was watching Primal and I thought that the gore in Primal was was so much uh, heavier. Because that's a character I really like, and you know he's doing something, like, extraordinarily violent in that movie. Like, oh, wow, I didn't know he was capable of that sort of thing. Kong Lao, I see that hat, I'm like, that's going through someone's skull. That's the first thing I would yeah. do that. And, and that's the thing. Like, in a different movie, the scene where somebody gets sawed in half with a hat is dope. But this is the movie where we've just been introduced to the forearm CGI ogre and also other Deadpool characters. Oh, yeah. So, oh, God. That's I, I just, like... Oh, my... Fucking god! That, is that the guy from the Fallout One and Two covers? Like, what's his thing? What is he doing here? And they try to. You're right. They do try Fucking to make him like a Deadpool character. He's the wacky space bounty hunter guy. I burned the joke already, but luckily no one listening is in Discord. So when I say that every time he was on screen, I just heard Danny DeVito go, hey, "Asshole! How <laughs> many me?" Firing off a gun. What the? fuck is this? They have that one demon. There's two of them! <laughs> oh yeah, also, yeah, so they're fighting and they're fighting and Raiden's just like, oh, you I'm just gonna do the Christopher Lambert voice. You finally realize you're Hakuna Matata! You can fight in Mortal Kombat! And like, at that point, Shang Tsung decides, eh, now's a good time. And he teleports to Earthrealm, which he could just do the entire time. Then Raiden puts up a force field, ah, oh, you can't cross. I dare you step across that line! And then he teleports somewhere else and just starts killing people. Kano betrays the team. Oh my god, dude. 
I love that in the second half of the movie, Shang Tsung just becomes the Babadook. He's <laughs> like, all right, guys, training's going great. Wait, what's that What's that puff of smoke over there? Oh, God, the sorcerer's back. <laughs> also, I wanted to point out that no main fun. character, Sonic Chu, uh, at one point decides, hey, you know what? I can't find my Hakuna Matana. I'd like to live with my family. That's got to be a story to tell. They just say, oh, we're so happy you're back. We made your favorite dinner, spaghetti and meatballs. I'm like, would you guys like to talk about the ice guy? Because I'd like to talk about the people, the guy who turned people into ice. I've got quite a story to tell. But they're just like... Yes, remember that time we almost died like three hours yeah, ago? That's you guys are, you seem fine living in wherever the fuck this is. But no, they don't. So uh, anyway, I kept thinking about uh, him in the... Uh, uh, best of the best movies uh, where uh, yeah. <laughs> he leaves to take care of his comatose son because he got hit by a car <laughs> <laughs> oh please James Earl Jones let me back on the team please can you imagine no. if James Earl Jones played Raiden in this movie <laughs> oh my movie. god so much better yeah <laughs> I could not tell you a single thing Raiden said this whole movie just nothing there yeah, he said something dumb. You know, unfortunately, they carried over. This is a, a really good example, actually, is Raiden. This is a good example of caring too much about the source material and sticking too close to the lore. And both the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie and the 2021 Mortal Kombat movie did this. Okay, so Raiden, you know him in the games, right? He looks like that guy from Big Trouble in Little China. He's got the big hat, and he shoots lightning, and, and he can fly and teleport and stuff. That's a cool character. You can do all sorts of neat stuff with him. In the first movie, he doesn't throw a single punch because he's immortal and he's forbidden from competing in Mortal Kombat. And you're like, why the fuck is he here? It's a good question. It's never answered. In this movie... Hey, good news. No one competes in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, well, that's the thing. In this movie, he does nothing. All he does is he teleports people to different pocket dimensions where they can beat each other up. And this is where the good guys can beat up the bad guys. Throw a punch, do your lightning. Come on, do something. You're one of everyone's favorite characters in the game. And they're like, uh, 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 in the lore, it says he's not allowed to fight. Who the fuck approved it? Why don't you just delete that line? It says, actually, he decided he would fight because it's Mortal Kombat. It's and not also, even just that. Like, the Shanks other guy cheated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he, at one point, they're like, I thought you weren't allowed to uh, teleport us other. But I thought you it was against the rules or whatever. And Raiden does just does like this winking smile and be like, Say something, you moron! Are you gonna fight or not? You wanna? Oh, you know I'm a rascal. Hey, roll your sleeves up! Oh, we're all about to fucking die. Yeah. Let's, let's go, man! I, I really thought that that would be like the the final battle or something like that. Because Shang Tsung's not the main guy; it's it's uh, some other guy. It's a uh... yeah, it's a road you don't want to yeah, go. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, fine. whatever. I thought that he would fight against. Raiden, I mean, he will you know? when the sequel comes like, out. In two think years, about like Big Trouble we'll in Little China when David Lopan is fighting against. Um, uh, whoever that one another guy, the old guy with like the, the facial hair and stuff like that, and they're like shooting those lasers at each other and stuff. I thought, oh, that'll be like the final battle, and Shang Tsung will face off against uh, whoever the main character is, and they'll be like, he'll win, I don't know, like a million dollars, and uh, the fate of the world will be saved. Now, Parker, would you like to talk about the tournament that happens in this movie? Yeah, it's can't wait to see it in a couple yeah. years. <laughs> That's the thing they keep teasing it. It'd be like, yeah, you know, they have to fight in a tournament. And I have to admit, like in the original movie, I'm like, well, how the hell are they going to do that? And what they do is they just rip off Enter the Dragon. That's fine. If you're going to rip off a movie, just there, a- there are worse movies to rip off than Enter the Dragon. Get on that boat, go to that island, have Johnny Cage fall in the water with all of his luggage, and have Sonya Blade fight against Kano bit. with her thighs. I'm into it. That's such a yeah, good bit. Yeah, that's great. The luggage bit, such a good bit in that movie. Dude, they're... <laughs> It's like, hell, there's a tournament for the fate of the world. 
Get on this boat that's shaped like a dragon. Let's go. <laughs> I think my favorite one-liner in that... I'll tell you on the seas. My favorite one-liner the original one is where uh, they they have uh, Sonya. She's been captured by Shang Tsung. This special forces fighter. Just pick her up, put her on her, on her shoulder, just carry her away. Like she's Princess Peach. Do? And uh, they, they do be like that, though. <laughs> she fucking, she's wearing like a sackcloth dress that makes her kind of look like uh, Princess Leia in the third Star Wars movie. Uh, and... Uh, Fucking Johnny Cage kind of like says to her out of the corner of his mouth, "Hey, nice dress." Like he can't stop. He is always on. <laughs> I miss Johnny yeah. Cage. And in so this one, Kano's just movie. like, "Oh, I decided to join a bad guy, so I did." And they're just like, "Oh, yeah. good." <laughs> Who saw that coming? Yeah. Me. How's about this? Me. Oh. Everyone in the audience who knows you solely as a bad guy. Thanks for the twist. So, I Parker, guess. I'd like to kind of compare this to a different video game, a wildly different video game. Uh, there was just a, a new WAD set for Doom that was released, and I've been playing. It's called Syringe, God and it's it. really good. And I was like, "Wow, this is really fantastic." One of the things that it does is it has it's difficult. Uh, no, no surprise there. But it has interesting levels in which to have combat. It's like, how do you move? How do you like deal with the enemies within this area? And it makes you think about how you're going to move and strafe and shoot. In this movie, Sonya Blade fights Kano in her trailer, and she's like hiding yeah. underneath the floorboards and being like, "Ah, I poked you with a pencil." He's like, just like, oh, I get out of here. What are you doing, it? Well, we travel to Outworld to see, like, Shang Tsung and all of his goons, and it's just clearly <laughs> just a CGI rock bridge. <laughs> and that's it. You're like, man, this fucking sucks it, it so fucking bad. It looks like Twilight Princess. You could do. This should just look like literally hell with, like, Dracula castles. It's just a guy standing in the desert, like. We must assemble our greatest <laughs> generals. And then we cut back to the trailer park. Yeah, they're fighting in the fucking trailer park. There's a scene where uh, Jax, with his metal arms, is fighting someone whose name will never be remembered. And Jax be? blows up the guy's head with his hands. I think someone off screen says fatality or something. Uh, oh, that was me in the oh, theater, okay. sorry. Uh, anyway, he looks at his two metallic arms and says... Oh yeah, these motherfuckers work. I'm like, geez, bring back Kano. There's actually uh, there's a really good illustration of this. It's towards the beginning of the movie after Kano is enticed to join their merry band with the offer of three million dollars. Uh, I'd ask for more, personally. And haha, <laughs> but he would have done it for free, yeah, silly. That, that got me. Uh, anyway, he's like, wow, you really have three million dollars? You're gonna pay him? And she says, almost like looking right at the camera, fuck no, I live in this dump. Da, 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 like come on what are you fucking doing here you know? just looking at you're watching one like well they gotta get to the tournament sooner or later so I guess I'll let yeah. this <laughs> <laughs> like so much like my initial reaction was like I mean that was kind of stupid but like I watched it on my couch at 3am it's I whatever mean, <laughs> and then it's as you get close to the end and realize like oh there's are no are you guys tournament. gonna have like a seed uh, meeting where you talk about like come on you know Baraka's like a 16 seed come on let's put him in here what are we doing it's like, yeah, all, all this dialogue's fucking stupid, but, like, we'll get to the big, dumb tournament at Five the Five minutes away from the end, and you're just shaking in your chair. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's buffering you, let me pause it, and I'm looking like, 
<laughs> We're at an hour fifteen. What what's happening? Where are we going from? So here? that's my problem here is that all the other characters will try to do these quips and they're just not funny. The main character does one at one point because I thought it was fucking hilarious when Sony inadvertently hilarious when Sony plays like I did all this research on people who have the the brand the dragon brands. Turns out there's actually another realm called Outworld and there is run by this guy named Shang Tsung. It's called Mortal Kombat and the main character is just like. You know, you spelled it wrong. Dead silent theater. It's just absolutely nothing to say. Unplug my router. (laughs) Now, Parker, uh, let's talk about Scorpion, who comes back from hell to fight. Sure, let's. This guy is Japanese, and he still says the, Get over here! line, so I guess he must have met up with some Americans in hell. Oh, God, the fucking... Groan that left my body. Alex, I don't it's know. It's the same thing. I like, you have to. Well, I, I mean, he does. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I hate that we're the only three people in the world who understand that silent reference we just made. <laughs> uh, give Josh. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, Josh will know. Yeah, <laughs> Josh, when you're listening. I have nothing to say to you. Anyway, yeah. hey Josh, you when you're listening. I made for Shanks. Let's hear Pooza. <laughs> It reminded me of Furious 7, where, like, every 20 minutes, like, wow, that was crazy. And then Jason Statham just enters the room with, like, a grenade launcher. And you're like, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> That's this entire, like, the last two-thirds of this movie. Like, wow, this sure is crazy over here. And then just a black puff of smoke appears. And you're like, oh, come the fuck. Whatever. <laughs> sure. Why not, man? Well, they also really try to build up this Sub-Zero character. And I this really feels like a focus-tested thing. They probably had a bunch of people coming like, did you play Mortal Kombat 1 through 3? Okay, yes, I did. Who was your favorite character? I think most people go with Sub-Zero, mostly because he could freeze people. and makes things a lot easier when your opponent can't move so you can just fight him, right? I can understand that. And, you know, it makes a little bit of sense to me. But you cannot make him your main heavy, Okay. There's nothing to this guy. No, like, it's not even that the actor is bad. The I actor is actually a pretty good fighter when they're not shooting it like Liam Neeson jumping over a fence and taking three. I mean, I assumed the entire movie, like I assumed many things, like, I mean, yeah, it's Sub-Zero. It makes sense. He's the number two heavy. Like, he's the guy that you beat to is get the to one? the big guy, to get to Shang Tsung. And then uh, the movie ends. Wah-wah. Yeah. You're just hoping and wishing and praying for some fucking uh, tournament of some sort to come out. But Parker, you said something dark that has stuck with me and made my fucking spine shiver. You said that, oh, they'll just do the tournament in the next three movies of these that come out. And when you said those words, there was one sound that crossed my mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. If the audience is sick of that. Oh, yeah, but hey, we're locked in. We've already started. We can't stop now. What else do we have? One more quick note on Sub-Zero. Yeah. For a movie that is so fucking bogged down in lore and the rules of its own universe, to have this guy on screen for 35 minutes and the only thing that we get in relation to his backstory is, Hi, Bihan. I am not Bihan. <laughs> like, that's it? The whole fucking time? Like, how the fuck? Like, stop showing me this fucking loser's family. Like, tell me more about this blood feud that's gone back for centuries. Like... It's not even if, just that there's lore. Just give me the better stuff. Actually, like, wait, that's if, a really this, good point. If this movie was two ninjas fighting each other for centuries and then leading to a combat, a moral combat tournament for the fate of the Earth, 
Yeah, we're probably looking at three, three and a half See, stars that's, here. I'm that's into the that. thing that really gets me. Is that, like you talk about lore. It's like it's either too much or not enough. At one point, Bihan is the guy's original name. What about Ahan? I'm not yeah, Bihan. Bihan is he's at the beginning of the movie and he kills Scorpion and he like was going to kill his baby and he frees the people. And he goes to Outworld and reports to his boss. His boss is like, Bihan, you must go to Earth and hunt down Scorpion's descendant. And he says, I'm not Bihan anymore. I'm Sub-Zero. A million questions here. First of all, when did you get permission to give yourself a nickname? And number two, when did you learn how to speak English? Number three, how do you even know what Sub-Zero even means? And number four, why change your name? Bihan's just fine. It's like, wait, so... How long have you been an immortal ninja? Because you were just a dude who had ice powers, and it's like 500 years later, he's like, I actually go by Sub Zero now, and I sound like this instead. Like, okay, I'm sure there's a movie in there somewhere that we'll get. I'm sure there's an HBO Max series coming my way. Yeah, there's a. I think I thought that was that was what they were gonna do with uh, the main character whose name I don't recall. I think I'd be like, your name is not actually that. It's Scorpion. It turns out they actually just do that with Scorpion. He says, I'm no longer whatever the fuck my Japanese name was. Now I'm Scorpion. And I'd be like, what? I'm no longer the day man. (laughs) I've become the night How do you know what Scorpion means? Did you meet someone in hell who really likes Scorpions? And be like, hey, back up on Earth, we call them Scorpions. What do you guys call them? He'd say something in Japanese. (laughs) The Scorpions are Satan's favorite band. They would go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) So, at the end of the movie, I'm like, at least play the song. And they play a really shitty version of the song. That's what it deserves. Yeah. This movie's Yeah, this movie fucking blows, dude. I just... Because it's one of those things when you watch a movie at home, it's like, I'm not that invested. I'll keep letting it go. Like, okay, but eventually we'll get to the thing I want, like... I'm not expecting much out of a Mortal Kombat movie that's rated R. Like, sooner or later we'll get to the fights, and it'll be big, dumb, bloody fights. And then the fights suck ass, and I realize, like, oh, I could have gone to bed an hour ago. That's that's an oopsie on this yeah, you're part. Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of people saying, well, at least the fights were good, and I have to disagree. These are the most American Incorrect. fights I've ever seen with all the cross-cutting and shit. You want to see a good fight in a movie, watch the Raid series, watch Triple Threat, watch anything with Jackie Chan, watch anything with Bruce Lee. Those are anything with Scott Atkins, uh, anything with Don the Dragon Wilson. Those are the movies you need to see for combat. Those that's how you film a fight scene. This this doesn't cut it for me. You can do all the like, oh, he froze his blood and turned into a bloodsicle and stabbed him with it. It's that's all CGI nonsense, and there's all this cross going to be like now from this angle, now from this angle, now from this angle. I'm sure a lot of people worked very very hard on this, but they worked hard for nothing. This is not a good product. That being said, uh, muted praise here, praise that is uh, probably going to be seen as an insult. Um, This is the movie that the people who complained about the 1995 Mortal Kombat wanted the entire time. If they had released this movie in 1995, they would have thought, oh, this is the bee's knees. This is the exact movie that we were looking for. Might have been better received back then. At least they would have fucking had squibs. (laughs) It would have looked sick. Well, you know what? I, I can understand that people are like, yo, this is what I wanted. This is what I want for Mortal Kombat. If that's what you want, fine. Uh, I hope the Rampage movie lived up to your expectations. I am happy for those people that got what yeah. they wanted. I know I'm I sound like I'm, actually, I'm being an asshole, but I'm a gym oh. like, you know what, man? I got what I wanted to exactly, Godzilla that's versus Kong. A lot of people yeah. don't like it. That's fine, man. 
I got what I wanted. You got what you wanted. That's awesome for you. I'm very happy. But Get man, like, just as the movie went on, man, it's just realizing that I've been bamboozled. That that's the frustrating part because I would love to be happy for other people, but at this point, we get like six movies in this like overall genre a year, and it's a zero sum game. Like for every shitty movie they make for people like the people that like this, that's one less good movie that we get, and that's why I'm mad about it because like I'm not even sure Hollywood's wrong that our generation wants stupid shit like this. It's the same fucking people that were wearing Mario t-shirts in high school and buying Funko Pops. Like, yeah, they probably do have more fucking economic power than people that are actually interested in good movies. Of course they fucking do. Because being a normie nerd is just being a normie now. Like, there's no fucking No, I get it. And here's the thing. I have been beating that drum mostly for Star Wars. I'm really cynical about the entire thing because I look at a movie like... Rogue One and The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and I say no one actually likes this but they like the idea of being a Star Wars fan you know they like the possibility that maybe I can get a YouTube channel where I wear the stupid shirts and I play with the toys and I eat the hot dogs you know like it's ridiculous I I don't like uh, any of this maybe some people like the Star Wars movies I don't believe it but there are so many of them that are so bad, I'm like, you must be lying at least a little bit if you say that you still like this at this point. And with Mortal Kombat, it's the same thing. I have a feeling that people go there, they sit in the uh, theater like, well, at least it's air-conditioned. Or if they watch it at home, they watch it on HBO Max, and I'm like, well, that's two hours I could have spent, like, swallowing paint, so it's better than that. Like, I, I don't think that people actually like this movie. They like the idea that the Mortal Kombat movie was there. No one's going to buy this on Blu-ray, you know? No one's going to watch this more than once. Except Yellow Cyclone. Oh, God. I mean, you'll watch it more than once <laughs> when you see Mortal Kombat 2 and 3 and 4 and maybe 5. Uh, uh, five movie and deal. spinoffs. Anthologies, baby. Because, uh, just remember, Warner Brothers... Really hungry for a franchise. Uh, Chris, I'm not sure where this... This whole DC thing, uh, quite a pickle they're in, movie-wise. And uh, Harry Potter... Ooh, not going so hot over there, either. We gotta we gotta get some properties going. We need some we need some tent poles here. Uh, I don't think Dune's gonna make a lot of money, because <laughs> we're a, We need a recognizable IP. We need one of these every two years, buddy. It ain't fucking working. It's this or Aquaman 2. So, uh... Buckle up, bitch. Parker, Parker, <laughs> is uh, it bad that I'd rather watch Aquaman 2 than Mortal Kombat 2 at this oh point? Oh, yeah, it's n- not even close. Oh, here's my question for you. So take this uh, movie. I'm going to give you yeah. two movies, same cast. Then you make the sequel, same cast as new characters. Mortal Kombat 2, Jiu-Jitsu 2. Which one are you I'll watching first? Jiu-Jitsu 2. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, like, you fucking hated Jiu-Jitsu, but like... Gun to your head right now. One, they're both coming out tomorrow. Which uh, that being said, Mortal first? Kombat Two. I say first because <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Yeah, of course. Mortal Kombat Two might have a tournament in it. I mean, Parker, how far could they kick this can down the road? Yeah, Mortal Kombat might have a tournament <laughs> in it. Who's to say? Might as well watch it tonight. Don't want it ruined tomorrow at work. Oops. I played. Hey, myself. Parker. And I'm trying. I don't. I know it's coming across like I'm mad just because I didn't get the tournament. Like, I've moved on from that. It's just the process of like, this thing sucks, but I'll push past it because I'll get to the thing I want. 
And then the realization in the end, like, okay, so I'm not only am I not getting the thing I want, but all the shit that I put, I pushed aside and ignored, was there instead of the thing I wanted, and it really compounded on it by the but end. Finally, Parker, that fucking shitty montage of, here's all the fights. Okay, movie's over. Yeah. So Parker, uh, just a quick question: How did you feel when they showed a very brief poster of Johnny Cage at the end of the movie? I think I said out loud, sure wish he was in the movie, and before I finished the sentence, it cut to the title card, <laughs> and I just quietly, <laughs> yes, I ever so quietly just turned off the TV, is like, let's go to bed. That's the tea, sis.